You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you tri-freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we help you get endurance sports done, to help you become the best endurance athlete that you can be. All right, on this episode, we have an interview with pro triathlete Brad Williams calling in from the UK. It's actually pretty cool. He's an American abroad, and we talk about how he trains and how he plans to attack the Galveston 70.3, or they call it Ironman Texas 70.3, or Ironman 73, 70.3 Texas, or whatever, but it's in Galveston, unlike the one that's in Austin. And uh, it's a really cool little chat. We cover lots of different things. And I also give you a little Zen tip. And let's see, I cover my own uh, performance at 70.3, but just in short. And we got some training log and just some various things. Pretty cool. But let's go ahead and get started with the news. Here we go. All right, this is your recent happenings in the world of endurance sports specifically triathlon this time around. Uh, I don't think we have any ultra running in this one. But, man, we had something wild happen at Ironman South Africa. Jody Swallow was in the lead and uh, on the bike, and she took what looks like a left-hand turn, went under the helicopter, and got knocked off her bike by the rotor wash, supposedly. It's hard to tell. And she hasn't spoken about it as of yet, so who knows officially. And yeah, it's just uh, one of those things that can definitely happen. There's lots of videos online of bicycles, cyclists in uh, bike races being blown off their bikes by uh, helicopters. Uh, rotor wash is uh, is uh, kind of random and can be non-existent or really strong. It's just pretty wild. And there's actually video of it happening, and I've linked to the video on my uh, website, zentriathlon.com. And if you go to four hours and 25 minutes in, you can see where it happens. It's actually crazy. She's laying on her back. She starts yelling at the helicopter. <laughs> and uh, But again, it's hard to tell if it was actually the helicopter or something else uh, because it's just, it's racing's complicated and you just never know. So we'll let Jody uh, say so for herself, if she ever will. Um, because you want to talk badly about other things too too long. You just want to move on. She is on Instagram and Twitter, and she's posted pictures. I think she broke uh, a bone in her arm, maybe her elbow. Hopefully, she didn't break the same bone uh, and get the same injury that I did. That's totally messed up uh, my uh, swimming, but uh, we'll see. All right, uh, let's see. Also... Andrew Starkowitz, the real, real Starkey, uh, just won New Orleans 70.3 today. I've actually done that race a long time ago, and uh, that's a flat and fast uh, race, and there's alligators possible out on portions of the course. <laughs> alligators are like bears, but way slower, but way more dangerous, and uh, you think it's a log in the road or something, and the next thing you know, you're on top of a, uh, a big gaping mouth. But let's see, uh, he won in like three hours and 46 minutes or so. And uh, Sarah, Pam, Sarah Pam, Pam 
P.M. Piano. I had so much trouble with last names on this show. Uh, she won first female, and the race has just wrapped up, so I don't even have her time or everybody else's times. But that's what happened. So, now you know. All right, uh, on DC Rainmaker's website, which is uh, just... Aw- it is the website where you go and look to see uh, gadget reviews, like unbiased and how they actually work in comparative charts and, you know, see what you want. Uh, DC Rainmaker dot com and uh, he's done a posting of an in-depth review ad nauseum uh, of the SRAM ETAP wireless shifting and derailers for your bike and uh, this is really cool so the next generation of uh, gadgetry to make uh, cycling it's debatable if it's faster on road bikes but on triathlon bikes um, they really do help is uh, wireless well electronic shifting so you just press buttons little tiny buttons kind of like a mouse click and it shifts and uh, what this does is it allows you to put shifters on the tips of your arrow bars and on the bullhorns you can put shifter buttons kind of anywhere and um, that's really really nice because when you're riding a triathlon bike and you're you uh, got your hands out near the brakes. Well, you can't really shift on classic shifting. And uh, you have to move your hand in kind of weird positions. And this allows it all to happen. And the um, Shimano version, which is wired, um, has been around for, gosh, two, three years now. And uh, SRAM came out with a wireless one where you don't have to run a cable between the, um, the shifters and the derailers, which just makes it easier to install. But um, the battery life is, I don't know, half or a third of what the Shimano's is. But And Shimano um, is, uh, it's difficult, you know, it's kind of a, I wouldn't call it a pain in the ass. It's just, I mean, you have to install it, and uh, that takes more time than the wireless ones. But then after that, it's kind of pretty similar. So uh, if it comes on your bike and you're going to... Um, you just want electronic shifting, and you don't have to remove it one way or the other all the time. Well, then the Shimano one is is uh, a decent uh, option. So anyway, go check out the review. It's it's pretty neat. And uh, he's got a video where he's using the uh, shifters to make the derailers crawl across the, ta- the table wirelessly. <laughs> it's pretty neat. Okay. Um, I guess kind of related to that, uh, I've gone ahead and ordered a Trek Speed Concept as my replacement bike for the BMC. I'll probably be selling the BMC uh, relatively soon-ish, you know, kind of once I get the Trek all set up and and, uh, get dialed in on it, and then I won't need the uh, BMC anymore. It's a white um, BMC TMO2. It's a beautiful bike. I had the bike shop go over it. And they said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Why are you selling this thing? (laughs) And I said, I just want something new. And I've had it for quite a few years. And um, I like the, I like the um, options and the the, uh, even bigger fit that you can get on a Trek speed concept because trick, trick uh, fit is everything. And I'm at the max and I could use a little bit more on the uh, BMC. So that's why I am moving on. Maybe you'll enjoy that BMC too. All right. Let's see. Uh, on other other news, I have uh, started up the Patreon site. So Patreon is a um, it's a website where you can easily post stuff uh, for specifically for your listeners to check out, and they um, they can join and support you. It's kind of neat, and well, it's actually really really cool. And I've went ahead and put up old podcasts. iTunes only hosts. 
podcasts for like the last two years. By the way, I've heard Google Play is going to start um, hosting podcasts as well. But anyway, iTunes only does the uh, last two years. So I've got a backlog of shows of years and years and years of shows, probably a couple hundred shows. And each show is like one and a half to two to four hours each. And they, um, I've already uploaded two years worth up to there. So you have to join and it's, uh, I think it's a minimum of like five bucks a month, but you can join. And I also, uh, to get access to that. And I've also put, um, a quick recording up there and I'm going to do lots more of these. This was really fun of me running barefoot. This one's free. You can totally check it out of me running barefoot. It's 18 minutes long and I'm running barefoot and I'm talking about how to run barefoot, how to fuel in the morning, how to you know, do all kinds of stuff. And the, um, I'm recording while I'm running and you can hear me, um, splashing through water puddles as with my bare feet as I'm running along. I ran four miles barefoot and my calves are killing me, but it's okay. I used to run barefoot all the time. And I talk about it in the show about how to get started running barefoot and all the things it'll do for you in that recording. Uh, let's see. I also wanted to mention, oh, on the uh, new Trek that I'm getting, I am going to get Ultegra wireless shifting. I was trying to, um, wireless electronic shifting. I was trying to get the SRAM, uh, ETAP, but SRAM is not, even though they have it, they're not, uh, letting people order it unless you buy the entire thing, like crank brakes. Uh, I'm trying to think cassette chain, all this stuff. And I'm like, my bike already has all that. I don't need to buy all that stuff and, uh, and spend all that extra money. And they're like, well, nope, sorry. And I'm like, well, sorry. I'm getting the uh, Ultegra, the Shimano Ultegra. So, SRAM, cut that out, man. People want to buy, <laughs> people want to give you their money. <laughs> Take their money. Okay. And I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but who knows? Um, I have your little moment of Zen before we get into the uh, interview with Brad Williams. And it's from Wes Nisker. And this is from a great podcast called Dharma Seed. Dharma is D-H-A-R-M-A. Dharma means like school or lessons in uh, Buddhist talk. Uh, DharmaSeed.org is the podcast. And he does a little talk and he does lots of talks. Lots of good talks. He does lots of, uh, with kind of a science and numbers bent. It's pretty neat. But he says, mindfulness is the scientific message. Ah, how can I mess it up? Mindfulness is the scientific method. You're trying to be as objective as possible about yourself as the subject. Attempting an unbiased, honest look at what's going on. And it's repeatable. And again, that's Wes Nisker. And yeah, what's going on there is... Uh, you hear all this talk about mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness to the point of where uh, some people are saying it's going to be a little bit much and it might be, but that's the whole point of mindfulness is uh, you slow down and pay attention to yourself and, or what's going on. And then you can, you can pick the, uh, the appropriate response, appropriate method, appropriate path. So yeah, you go out for a run and because you're paying attention to yourself, you're like, uh, you know, I was probably running a little bit too fast and, uh, maybe I'll slow down a little bit. And then, oh, my foot hurts after that run. Maybe next time I'll run on the right side of the road instead of the left and see if that helps. 
And, uh, oh, you know, um, I was really hungry after that run. Maybe I didn't eat enough, uh, before, during, or, uh, yeah, before, during, or maybe the day before. And then you can kind of experiment like he's saying, and then you can kind of zero in on what works for you. But the really important thing, and this is from Brett, Brett, coach Brett Blankner is everything is always changing. There's one school beyond, um, mindfulness and Buddhism and everything else that I'm probably going to start someday. And it's called the religion of relativity and everything depends on everything else. So, you know, driving your car into a wall (laughs) doesn't hurt anything. It depends on how fast it's moving. It's relative to how fast you're, you're going. A bullet actually doesn't hurt anything. It depends on how fast it's going right? Everything depends. Everything depends on speed and the acceleration compared to everything else. You know, the, uh, it just goes on and on and on. So you can probably think of a whole lot of examples. Sea level rising a hundred feet doesn't really matter if it happens over 10 million years. (laughs) It's all relative to time. Sea level rising a hundred feet is a huge problem if it happens over five minutes, like a tidal wave. So uh, it's all everything uh, is scale dependent and buffering, and how much time it takes, and giving time, giving people time to adapt. So simple sugars aren't bad. It's how fast you take the simple sugars, and also in relative relativity to everything else that's going on with your body. It's really fascinating once you start thinking about that. Nothing is a problem. It's all relative to everything else that's going on that makes it a problem. Okay, let's go ahead and get started with Brad Williams, our really cool interview here. And I want to go ahead and not warn you, but uh, get you excited about at the end of the interview, I go right into a really cool song that I found, and it's called National Anthem by the Yoshida Brothers. You should definitely, definitely check it out. If you like this tune, go get it. Support the Yoshida Brothers. It is really, really cool. And after that music, we'll go ahead and read some emails and get in. Oh, I'll do a little bit of my race review from Gallison. Nothing big. And then we'll get into the training log. All right, here we go. Brad Williams, take it away. Welcome to the next level. Oh, I got you now. There we go. Skype does this weird thing where if I plugged in my headphones in the computer and then I unplug them, then until I reboot my computer, Skype has no sound. Oh, yeah. Brian <laughs> Stowe. I was talking to Brian Stowe the other day. I think he had the same problem. So. Oh, man. It drives me He said crazy. he has to like reinstall Skype every time now. Yeah. You know, it's only 2016. We shouldn't have this figured out <laughs> yet. All right, man. Since I rebooted my computer, I'm going to have to pull up your uh, pro resume again. I had it open a second ago. But um, I'm, I'm honored to have you on, man. This is really cool. And I got an idea. We're already recording. The, okay. Um, I have an idea that uh, to get people to know you right off from the beginning, uh, how old are you? What's your favorite band and type of music? And do you have any tattoos? 
Uh, no tattoos. I just turned 30 earlier in March or right. mid-March, and uh, I'm not a big music person. I listen to country music uh, on occasion just when I'm working, but um, mm. don't honestly have a favorite band. You listen to country music? Yep. You like old up, country or new country? To it. Uh, newer country, I guess you could say. Like not hot country though, right? No. <laughs> cool. Where are you from originally that makes you like country music? Uh, I'm from Modesto, Riverbank, California. It's in the Central Valley. Oh, uh, I just valley. listen to country, so yeah. uh, that's what we grew up listening to. That's cool. Yeah, um, I've lived in Texas for so long, it's kind of forced on you. You have no choice. It's When you go through the dials on the radio station, it's got country, country, country. Uh, Tejano station, which is Mexican. Yeah. And then back to country, back to country, and then finally a rock station. Yeah, I was in yeah. Fort Worth for two years, so I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's Cal- Caltown, USA, man. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your um, your race resume. You've been a pro for a couple of years. Uh, I started racing pro last year in 2015 was my first year. Okay. Um, I'd been in the Air Force 10 years previously, and uh, I was getting out of the Air Force and figured it was the right time to do it if I was going to do it. And basically, a, a career change, I guess you can say. Um, yeah. So, still work part time for a nonprofit back in the states called U.S. Military Endurance Sports, um, and then I'm racing full time, I guess you could say as well. So, so um, you were in the Air Force, I think, right? Correct. And what what countries did you serve in? Uh, I was started out in North Carolina for two years, then went to Korea for two years, Turkey for 15 months, back to Korea for two years, and then Fort Worth for two years. So, wow, bounced around a bit, then yeah. spent about a month and a half, two months out in Afghanistan. So, so did you tell anybody you were a fighter pilot? Because that would be pretty cool. No, I, I worked on fighter jets for about two years, and then I oh yeah, uh, which ones? Uh, I worked on F-15s out of oh. North Carolina at Seymour Johnson. Those are the best. Those are some of my favorite. Um, I was working at an air show in Harlingen one time, and one did that. The F-15, I think, has the highest thrust-to-weight ratio, so like it can take off vertically if it wanted, if you mounted one vertically. You ever heard that? No, I've seen them take off vertically, but not from, obviously, the standing position. Yeah. Yeah, so like it, it came in really low and really slow, you know, just a few hundred feet off the runway and then pointed itself straight up and just shot straight into the sky. It, it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, I love that. F-15 was, gosh, it's been in the service since the 70s, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it started out with the A model. I was working on E models at, uh, at uh-huh. Seymour Johnson. We had, I think the aircraft I worked on was an 88 model. Uh-huh. So Are they still the- making them? Uh, I don't think they're, I think the last, they, I think they stopped making them in, I don't know, 2002 or 2004, maybe. Okay. I'm not positive though. Been, so, been out of the loop for a while now. So when did you, um, when did you start doing triathlons? Uh, 2008 when I was stationed in Korea, I put on a little bit of weight and was looking for something to do before I went home on, I hadn't been home in about a year and I was headed back home and I'd put on about 15 pounds, 20 pounds and I wanted to, uh, yeah. lose a little bit of weight before I went back home. Well, how do you put so, on, how do you put on weight while in the military? Everybody goes in the military and loses weight. What, what were you doing? What's Korea uh, like? Well, so I, the base that I was at in Korea, we have, there was a, no kidding, in, in a mile and a half radius outside the front gate, there's probably 130 bars. Uh-huh. Um, so 
you pretty much work you, you work hard and you party hard there. So yeah. um, it's basically where I got my college partying days in since I didn't go to college. So oh, okay. um, partied for about a year and then got my act together and got into triathlon and yeah, um, yeah, stopped drinking. Oh, I didn't stop drinking. I drank less um, and trained more, <laughs> yeah. and the weight magically <laughs> fell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, the whole thing with people when they decide to quit drinking, you know, they quit drinking entirely. I'm like, man, you don't have to do that. Some people feel like they need to, but I'm like, because I used to drink a lot in college, and then uh, one day I was just done with it, and then uh, stopped. But gosh, we went over to a friend's house the other night, drank a few beers and stuff and it was all right you know it's just drink less much less yeah exactly and mo- everything in moderation right <laughs> yeah well what i found out is when i started doing trap actually doing triathlons yeah me too they kept me from drinking as much because if when i drank and then i went out to go do something the next morning i realized how bad drinking was because it <laughs> it makes you feel you know like dehydrated and a headache and cotton mouth and stuff like that so Oh, that, that's actually trap on. Yeah, is what got me to quit drinking so much too, huh? So, how do you train for triathlons in Korea? Um, so I was the first time I was out there. I mean, I wasn't too serious into the sport, but we had a twenty-five meter pool, indoor and outdoor on base. Wow. And then uh, we had it was an eight-mile perimeter loop there on the base I was on in Korea. Um, it was pretty much flat and just went around the flight line, so that was pretty pretty convenient. And uh-huh. then we had. Uh, Good roads right outside the base. I mean, within five miles, within yeah, three to five miles, you're out into the country, and there's some good climbs and good roads. So yeah. it was pretty safe there. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too dangerous there. I, I enjoyed riding there more than I enjoy riding out here in the UK. So oh yeah, why? Oh, I mean, the, there's actually shoulders on the roads there. Um, yeah. <laughs> out here in the UK, the shoulders are just pretty narrow and stuff. So I don't enjoy yeah. it as much. Yeah, so where are, you're, are you in Oxford or where? where yeah, are we're you? in we're in Oxford, um, about okay. forty five minute bus ride from Heathrow Airport. So okay, about depending where you're at in London, it could be anywhere from two hours to an hour from London. So wow, so you got serious the second you said you went back to Korea and you got serious the second time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got serious. Yeah, I guess you could say I got serious then. I mean, I did my first seventy point three and. 2009 and then I didn't do my first Ironman until 2011 so I took a little bit longer to go to the full distance than some people do that's probably smart <laughs> yeah I probably could have waited a little bit longer I mean I was still pretty pretty young then but yeah uh, yeah no it's that's I th- I would I guess you'd say 2010 2011 is when I got serious yeah and okay so uh, let me look at your resume here you were doing um what year did you get out of the Air Force? Uh, twenty fourteen was my last year on active duty, but uh-huh. I pretty much uh, I, I came back from the deployment in February, and I was very it worked very little from February to to mm-hmm. June, and I like departed the departed Fort Worth at the end of June, beginning of July. So that was kind of it. I was I was officially off active duty um, in the middle of August, but I was basically done working into February. Yeah, and, and you've done the Tyler, you've done the Tyler half Ironman. Yeah, I've done Tyler half, done Galveston. Wow, two or cool. three times, I think. Cool, that's where yeah. my wife's from. She's, it's so pretty out there. It's beautiful. Yeah, John Cobb territory out there. Yeah, it's very much John Cobb. Yeah, big red truck guy. And uh, let's see, Ironman Texas, seventy point three. Oh, you got first in your age group at Galveston. 
Yeah, I was thinking I was back in 2014. Yeah, I would have 2014. To say. I'm just I'm going through the list here, looking at some standout stuff. Uh, you've done Vine Man. You did uh, 70.3 Worlds as an age grouper, and got yeah. ninth in your age group. Um, oh, you did uh, 70.3 Austin. Yeah, that was. Uh, I had some interesting experiences there. So. Yeah, like what? Oh, uh, 2012, I flatted on the bike at like mile five because of those thorns that are in the transition oh, area. Stupid thorns, man! Yeah. I might have helped you out. My wife did it one year, and so I was, I was, uh, I was totally being a what do you call it? A, a not a chaperone. What do you call it? Sherpa. Sherpa. And um, yeah, and I just saw these people coming out of the transition area with thorns and mud they had mud in their cleats uh, so yeah. they couldn't clip in and so i was uh helping people get their um i was i was about a half a mile down the road and when people still couldn't clip in i was taking a stick and digging the mud out of their cleats for them and i was like this is terrible yeah no i uh i definitely learned after that year to carry my bike out of transition yeah but so. <laughs> it's a road triathlon but you have to carry your bike on your shoulder for like a yeah, a tenth of a mile to get it out of all the mud and the um, and the thorns. Okay, yeah. so then, let's see, what race did you, oh, at that race you got, oh, you got first at Ironman Florida in your age group. That's pretty cool. I bet you that, you love that. 8.58, yeah. wow. Yeah, 2013 was uh, a, good a really year. good year. I, I came off of Kona and then two weeks later did Austin, so that's why Austin was a little rough that year. And then yeah. six days later I did Florida, so that was a big... Uh, big three weeks there yeah <laughs> how much time did you take off after that like a month uh well so the whole reason of doing that is that i was i was getting out of the air force in 2014 yeah. and i wanted to go back to kona in 2014 and in 2012 and 2013 the air force had had military slots for kona so i got in the air force slot both of those years and yeah. so for 2014 i wasn't going to be able to get the slot and i knew i was deploying uh -huh. so we came up with a a ditch, last ditch effort to try to do Florida and get a slot there and then not have to worry about it since I was deploying. So took a little bit of time off before the deployment. And then when I deployed, I trained, I got in good running out there. I mean, we were at 5,000 feet, um, oh, wow. elevation and I was only there for, I think it was 45 days in country. So yeah. it was just a good run block that we did out there. And I came back off of that and I, I wasn't having to prep for an Ironman. So that was the nice thing about doing Florida is it was, it's kind of a freebie. If it worked out, great. And if not, I was going to have to do Texas or yeah. um, do an early season Ironman. But luckily, Florida worked out and we didn't have to go that route. So, All right. Let's take a break from the interview and talk a moment about our big new sponsor, Salt Stick. All right. I love this stuff because I have been doing Salt Stick and a cousin of Salt Stick just taking uh, salt pills, which are hard to find, actually. Uh, you have to order them from the pharmacy and then they show up and then uh, they don't come in any kind of uh, dispenser or anything like that. They have to put them in a Ziploc and then carry that around. It turns into a real mess, man. But Salt Stick has it covered because they are electrolyte capsules that you can, uh, you can break them open if you want and then shake them into a bottle because they're just capsules. I've done that. And uh, you can take them as needed. It's really, really cool because sometimes you don't want salt. Sometimes you do need salt. But I can tell you one thing for sure. Water doesn't work without enough salt. It just doesn't. It's not sticky. 
So let me tell you about a cool study that scientists did on triathletes. They gave half of them salt stick caps and the other half sports drink, like Gatorade. The athletes that took salt sticks finished a 70.3 race and an average of 26 minutes faster than the control group. 26 minutes. That's absolutely crazy. So you got to make your water stick with salt stick or else it doesn't work. That's my own tagline. I came up with it. They're going to have to run with that. All right. You can get 25% off your order of salt stick with discount code ZENTRY25, all caps, ZENTRY25. Say it, ZENTRY25. All right. And it can be used through the website shopsaltstick.com. Go check it out. 25% off. That is Good. Hashtag good. Believe it. All right, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, so uh, I was looking at my friend's, um, he was showing me his uh, bike file from Florida. Well, there, it might have been the Great Floridian. I don't remember. But something where on just 215 watts or something like that, he did like 22, 23 miles an hour because of, it was so flat and they had favorable winds. Yeah, I mean, the 2013 in Florida was was a good year. I think I was 20 watts less than yeah than Kona, and I only rode I, I rode just a little bit slower or something. Yeah, I think I think that was the year he went to. He said it was just incredible. Um, let's see. All right, so what? Oh, of all the places you've lived, because you said Turkey as well. Uh, what was your favorite, most interesting place? Uh, favorite, I would have to say, would be Korea. Um, it's it's where everything started for me, and they actually had some good running and bike races out there as well. And triathlon is is blooming and growing out there, so it was it was really a good country for endurance sports. Yeah. Um, growing up in the sport out there, and it's always good to go back. Um, and then the most interesting place I would say would have been Turkey, I guess. Um, just it wasn't an endurance sports kind of place. I mean, yeah. the, the city, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, no bike races, no running races. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool from the history standpoint, but not from the racing standpoint. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. So how, when you were in Korea, how close were you to the, to the DMZ? The, uh, uh we were about an hour South of, um, the DMZ. So uh-huh. no, I mean, I think it was less than 60 miles, but with traffic and everything to get up there, I think it was, uh, about an, an hour to get to Seoul. And then I think it was another 30, 40 minutes to get up to the DMZ. So yeah. we were, th- we were a thin range of missiles hitting our base. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what, with all that's constantly in the news where they're launching missiles as a show of force and stuff, like, do you keep up with that at all? Or are you, are you kind of in the know and like to like, this day or when I was there? Oh, I'm sure when you were there, you were like totally on it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. When we were there, we were it was yeah interesting times for. I mean, I was there when they shelled that small island off the uh, off the coast of Korea, the the yeah. Korean island that they they shelled that when I was there. Um, so yeah, we definitely had some interesting times where we were on alert and stuff. Yeah, but, I was gonna say that since everybody just in high alert and yeah, uh, to, to this day, I mean, we still me and my wife still keep keep in touch with people out there and kind of keeping keep tabs on what's going on but i don't it's not obviously as as important now that we're living yeah. in the uk but it's still fun to follow along and see what's going on so do you do um well what race was your uh was your one that you decided or that qualified you as pro and you decided 
from then on that that's it you're gonna go pro or did you was it the first race you qualified as pro you're gonna go pro um, or you... i qualified at south beach in 2013 mm -hmm. and then i qualified again at vine man in 2013 and i just wasn't ready at that point mm -hmm. um my my general rule of thumb at that point was um if you're still getting beat by the female pro women it's probably not time to go pro mm -hmm. um and just kind of looking at the results and where i was stacking up at that point um, it, it just wasn't, I wasn't ready at that point and 2014 was going to be a big year, like just life-wise, like getting out of the Air Force, I was deploying, um, it's just a lot of things going on with life. Uh, we were having our wedding in 2014, like our, our family wedding. We got married in 2013 and then we had a wedding for our family in 2014. Um, so I, had, in 2013, I, I qualified by, uh, I didn't really set out at that time. I was my first year back in the U.S. and I just lined up a pretty big schedule uh -huh. um, of big U.S. races just to see where I where I stacked up in the U.S. And, in terms of things because I had been racing overseas for previous years and um, I qualified at South Beach, like I said, and then Vine Man, and then I kind of thought, okay, so let's see if we can do it again next year and go from there. So in 2014, I went and raced... Uh, challenge Atlantic City uh -huh. and I had bronchitis just I, about a week 10 days out I got bronchitis and I didn't know about like I knew I was getting sick and so I stopped pretty much training and just tried to rest up yeah. and I got out there Thursday before the race and I ended up having to go to like the urgent care and they put <laughs> me on antibiotics and um, I still tried to race and it was yeah. the worst decision I'd ever made I made it to about mile 14 of the run um, but just felt oh, absolutely wow. horrible and uh, I pulled out at that point and just it wasn't worth trotting along for 12 more miles. I think I was in third or fourth age grouper overall at the time. So I was still in contention to like try to sneak in and get my pro card. But mm -hmm. I didn't, I was just dying by that point in the race. So I just, I pulled out and um, we went to a backup plan. And I think it was three weeks later, I drove from Boulder to Ohio and raced uh, Challenge New Albany. Uh -huh. So I, I won overall amateur at Challenge New Albany and just secured the pro card at, at that point. But that was kind of a, a big pressure race. And uh, we we got delayed driving out there. And I, I think we drove out and we left Boulder on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday, no, Thursday morning, I think. And we didn't get there until Friday, like at 4 p.m. or something. And the race was Saturday morning. So um, oh, it wasn't ideal by any means, but it all worked out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what's it like uh, being a pro now? How's it different going to a race as a pro? Um, I mean, it's there's there's a couple of different things. I mean, obviously you're you're towing the line with the best in the world. So yeah. if you look at a race like this weekend at Oceanside, it had a world class field, and it was the first North American race of the year. And mm -hmm. next weekend, I'm going to race in Galveston. And if you look at Galveston, there's 59 guys on the start list, which is crazy it's i think it'll be the biggest pro field that i've raced in yeah um but yeah i mean so you're racing the best in the world you're starting same time with them and it definitely creates a different uh the race plays out differently i mean if you miss that that second that first or second pack in the swim you're you could be out of no man's land and you're riding yeah. on your own whereas an age grouper at least i had people to pass yeah. um throughout the race most of the time because i it was very rare that as a 25 to 29 year old that we were the first wave to go off so yeah. Um, it's just different dynamics. The slingshot drafting as an age grouper definitely helps you out on the bike to where as a pro you have, it, it used to be a bigger draft zone. Now I think we're at the same draft zone of 12 meters. So, yeah. um, it, yeah, there's just different dynamics and you're kind of, 
you either make a choice to go all in or you lay it all out on the line and see where you end up. Or as an amateur, I think it was a bit different as you can play it safe and still possibly get a slot to Worlds or you didn't really have to put it all on the line. Um, So I I don't know. It's just a bit bit different dynamically, I guess. So what did you... Before a race... Uh, and going into the race as a pro, is there like a se- secret pro club meeting where y'all all meet up and talk about stuff? And I mean, there's the the pro meeting at every race, but yeah, that's held by WTC, so it's not the cool kids club or anything. I sat in one of those. It wasn't for a WTC race, but I wanted to see one one time, and uh, they said anybody could stay, and it was for Kima. It's a huge race with a big payout, but it's an Olympic distance. And, uh, I was like, cool, man, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here. And the race director, uh, went on about not too much, but it was like, you need to stay. If you win, if you're podium or whatever, then you need to stay for your winnings, um, or else you're not going to get them or something like that because the crowd wants to see you. Um, and we got a problem with people leaving like trying to go to the airport to get out of town you know and yeah uh, and it was considered I, I think that's kind of blown over but for a few years i kept seeing that in the news or triathlon you know stuff about pros um uh unfairly being made to stay or or feeling like you know they some of them have to get on a plane to get out because that's that's uh their schedule yeah i don't know i mean i think it's i i'm a big fan of uh, you should be staying for the awards if you win an award. So I think uh-huh. I, I've always booked my travel accordingly. Yeah. Um, last year at Ironman UK, I, I wasn't expecting to have to stay for awards, so I didn't book a hotel uh-huh. um, for the night. I expected to get in the car and drive back home that, that same day after the race. And um, luckily, WTC was they had an extra hotel room or they found an extra hotel room and I was able to stay. But oh, um, I mean, cool. even, even in yeah. sixth place, like I, I still think it's, if, if they're calling you up on the stage, I think you should be there. I think you yeah. should plan your travel accordingly. I think it's more of a respect thing, um, yeah. respect for the race and a respect for the fans and the age groupers that, that you should be there to collect your award. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've I, stayed for some, especially like Galveston. Cause it's easy for me to get home from that and I'll stay. And also I'm trying to see if I got like a world slot or something, you know, and so I'm there for the roll downs and all that. And uh, yeah, when they call out a pro's name and they're not there to take the award, you're like, "What? Yeah, where'd they go?" <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of embarrassing for the race director. They're like, "Oh, well, I guess they didn't think it was important enough to stay." Yeah, I mean, on the contrary, I would love to see the race directors pay on the spot. Um, yeah. I think that'd be something that we should be able to influence as change as pros. Um, it's, it hasn't been done yet, but yeah. I understand there's drug testing that goes into effect, um, even before the race and obviously at the race and then sometimes yeah. a few days after the race. So they always try to hold that over our head. But if you don't test somebody, if somebody hasn't been tested before the race or during the race, I think they yeah. should get paid. And the worst thing that's going to happen is if somebody pops positive, you're going to get paid more money. So yeah. if they don't pay the people to get tested and they pay everybody else behind them, um, I, I, it's kind of a, a reason to stay and they aren't testing at every race. So yeah, that's a way um, to do it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the, what's interesting is, um, a certain race organization doesn't consider you, um, your payment 
late until 90 days. Um, so <laughs> I don't know which it, one that is, but you can tell yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't know either, but yeah. for example, I raced back in January, and it's, uh, I think, 65 days now, and I've yet to be paid for a race 65 days ago. Wow. Uh, I think the time. longest, uh, I've, I managed to collect a few paychecks last year, and I waited, I think the longest I waited was 115 days to get paid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of the... Uh, it's an endurance sport, right? You got to... Yeah. <laughs> You race and then you wait another wait. Four, three three months to get paid. So, well, cool. Let's talk about uh, some training. Uh, yeah, up there so in I Oxford, it's the weather can be in interesting and uh, uh, a little rainy, right? A little cold. Yeah, we do our we do our best to get out of here for the winter. Um, my wife is a research student on her PhD um, studying penguin genetics, so yeah. that means that during the Antarctic. Um, summer, she goes down there, so that's she typically leaves here in December or January. Um, so we try to get out of here from I try to get out of here from November to about February or March. Um, so we did a good job this year, and I was out of here from I think November 14th, and I didn't get back until March 8th or 9th or something. So, mm -hmm. um, but still coming back in March, daylight saving times hadn't happened yet, and we yeah, it was rainy and sun goes down early and it's a bit miserable so yeah yeah the trainer the trainer became my best friend the last couple of weeks did you say your wife studies penguin genetics correct yeah <laughs> infectious infectious disease to be specific i saw this thing on reddit yesterday it was talking about penguins and that male penguins are so rowdy and do such terrible things to each other like sexually that and to other penguins, like they're just nuts. And that uh, when the researchers first discovered their behavior in like 1915 or 1920 or something like that, that they couldn't publish it in a paper because it was considered too rowdy for people to read. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you uh, what do you um, what do you do to get your training done? Do you run outside? Yeah, no run. I mean, the temperatures aren't bad. It's just the, I, and I don't mind running yeah. in the the rain or any of that. Um, and I don't mind running in the dark. It's more the cycling that becomes a bit a bit hard um, when it, yeah. the days are short and it's rainy and cold all the time. So yeah. um, typically, I just got a kicker, a Wahoo kicker, not uh -huh. that long ago. So uh, makes it a little more enjoyable and a little more real real feeling, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I used that, and I started using I, I started using Zwift when it first came out, um, just yeah. as a beta user, and then so I've been on it for gosh, it's been I think over a year now that I've been using that. Mm -hmm. um, what rank are the, you? Do you know? I'm a 21 uh, or something. No, I've with with the amount of travel that I've done, I I haven't been on it as much as it's not like being home every week and being able to get on it every week. So I think yeah. I'm only level 12. So oh, no, I probably man. only have a day a day or two worth of time on it yeah. i think is what it says a yeah. day in like 18 hours or something so cool. i'm not a, i'm not a huge swift user but when i'm home and i need to get on the trainer it's definitely what i pull up okay so you use a wahoo kicker and swift yeah and uh what's your what do you do like a do you do a long bike ride on it how do you how do you do like uh, i think the longest i've put on is put in is three or three and a half hours yeah. um that's a long so. time on a trainer though yeah, it's 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 enough. Um, I don't know if I could go much longer than that. I, I really like it just for the the structured stuff and getting the the nonstop workouts in with no interruptions, no yeah. cars trying to turn in front of you, no stoplights. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my interval work I like trying to get done on the trainer, and 
yeah. I find it to be pretty effective. I've I've done a couple rides, a few rides outside lately, um, as the weather's gotten nicer. And yeah, man, the times you have to slam on your brakes because somebody you can't tell if somebody's looking at you or not at an intersection. And there's this thing in the United States where people creep out in the intersection really far, you know, so you can't, they, they come speeding up to the intersection and put on their brakes at the last second and then they continue to creep up and, uh, and then you, they're looking the other way. <laughs> and I used to ride a motorcycle and you learn like just because somebody makes eye contact with you, that's still not a sign that they see you. You, you really can't, you can't know that somebody sees you until you make eye contact and wave and then they they do that and then you know that they actually see you for sure yeah that's a huge interruption the training when you're trying to to get in 20 minutes non-stop you know of a interval or something like that yeah exactly i mean the the long intervals on the trainer get a bit harder just because of the the heat inside and not being able to get cooled down as easily i I found but um it's still as long as it's not I, I found as long as it's not up in the threshold range or up in that 90 to 95 percent range, it's it's manageable. And um, yeah. 20 to 30 minutes up there, at like 70.3 effort, is about as much as as I'll be able to stand. I think. Yeah. So, so you have how many fans do you have? I've got two going. Yeah, I just have one now. I'm, I've been meaning to order another. I just haven't got around to it yet. So. Yeah. I think that I noticed that helped a ton when I got a second fan, and um, I set the air conditioning to. Do you have AC at your house? No, nope. AC yeah, is not a common thing out here. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't need it that much. But um, I set the AC to 68 or 69. And then with two fans, that seems to be tolerable. It'd be even better, you know, if it was even cooler. But that's because, you know, uses electricity to run all that stuff cool down down here in texas you know yeah I and mean, your ac is probably running the whole summer yeah oh yeah <laughs> it never stops it's running at 3 a.m yeah and then um so how do you set up zwift do you have it um like a bigger monitor in front of you or do you in a computer uh, I, th- I think our tvs i don't know 42 or 50 inch tv that we have in the oh room, you got it hooked so. up to one of those no, I typically put Netflix on that, and then I put it on my uh, Surface Pro just next to me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I just run Netflix or something on the big screen, and then I just set Zwift up right next to, like, the. it's within arm distance from the bike, just on a, yeah. like, a little uh, stand, I guess you could say. Okay. So. And then um, do you pick the different routes based on, or do you do the workouts that they give? Uh, I typically use the workout mode, yeah. I'll use okay. free ride um, for the warm-up and the cool-down. Uh-huh. Um, and or if they're longer intervals and they have a longer rest in between, I'll throw free ride in between the intervals. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends. Yeah, I typically use workout mode though. All right, let's take a break. I want to jump in here and talk about another sponsor of Zentry, Living Fuel. Living Fuel is awesome. Let me tell you about one of their products. Living Protein is the bomb.com. <laughs> it's a non-soy vegetarian, yellow pea, brown, Rice, protein with added fiber, prebiotics, probiotics, perfect for your green smoothies that are likely missing a key macronutrient, protein, exclamation point. They put that in there because they knew I would say it. They have it in, they call it tubs, but it's these canisters with a big screw top lid. I add it to uh, my workout fuel, my recovery fuel. It is so good. I had uh, the green, uh, what do they call that green drink? I don't know. I just use it so much. I don't even look at the label anymore. The stuff is so good. I just, I keep it at work. I have a healthy fridge at work, a little micro fridge, a mini fridge, a dorm fridge, and uh, I keep uh, 
carrots and apples and stuff like that around there and uh, healthy sprouted wheat bread, sprouted grains bread, and then also uh, living fuel stuff. I love it, man. I also did a long workout last weekend where I put uh, living fuel uh, amino acid mix in with my uh, carbs uh, to give a little bit of protein mix to it. And um, man, it was really, really good. It worked out great. I had a great workout. So go check out livingfuel.com. They have a huge variety of different stuff. Almost all of it has some kind of fiber or healthy something uh, as the major ingredient, if not the entire ingredient. So you will definitely have a lot of choice in there going and checking them out. And they are a big supporter of Zentri. They approached us on the show, which I'm a big fan of. They listen. They support us. Help them out. All right? Go check out livingfuel.com. So a friend was showing me the other day um, that he used a program called Best Bike Split, which I think Training Peaks owns. And you can get a hill profile for a race. We're training for Ironman Canada. And then you can load that, you can copy that into Zwift as a workout file. And then when you go into Zwift, you can pick it as a workout. And you can, uh, then if you have a trainer like yours, a smart trainer, it'll set the resistance to the different. Sounds about right. Yeah. Do you do that? No, I haven't done that yet. I mean, training for Galveston, the, the profile is pretty much flat. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the, the one bridge that you cross over is the only thing that you need to really adjust yeah. for. Um, yeah, you don't really need it for that. But yeah, no, I mean, there's there's decent rolling hills out here in Oxford that I go and ride. There's no real sustained climbs over 10 minutes long. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of bigger work anyways, so it kind of... Um, Relates to the hills, I guess you could say. So, so you're saying you, you can heat up your house pretty quick. What do you when you're doing seventy point three effort? What, how many watts is that? Oh, I sit right around. I think at Dubai I was right around three hundred for two hours. So oh just a little gosh. over two hours. That's awesome. So yeah, dude. it's uh, yeah, it's kind of where I target for right now, and yeah, see how that goes. So how many? What, do you remember on Zwift like how many watts per kilogram that is? Oh, I think I'm right at four to four point two somewhere in that yeah, range. I about to say four, probably four two. Yeah. That's nuts, man. No wonder you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the the only thing I got going for me is my bike. My swim's yeah. coming around, and my run's just okay. That's so, that's what you, that's what I typically found with the age groupers that were winning their age group or um, mm-hmm. or placing as top amateurs. We all had kind of one thing that was our our go to, and yeah, it's to get to the next level, you kind of got to start putting. Yeah. Two of them, or all three of them together for the top guys. Yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're not a fast swimmer, uh, the one that I've I've noticed over the years is these people that come into the sport as really great runners. I mean, I think they've got a huge leg up because you can train to get pretty good on the bike and then make it in on the swim and make it through, but that running talent, you know, carries you so far through the race because by yeah, the time I mean, it gets it's... hard, you're really good at it. Yeah, if you look at a guy like, I mean, Jesse Thomas is a phenomenal runner and phenomenal mm-hmm. athlete, and he's monster on the bike and a phenomenal runner, um, and his his swim is even better than mine, and it's still a win factor. Yeah. So I mean, I think he was, I think he was top six or seventh yesterday at Oceanside. But yeah, if you look well, at those, and Lionel Sanders, right? He came out. Of, yeah, Lionel's came, just yeah, he came whole out of different the, animal. He came out of the swim like way back, and yeah. then had the fastest bike split and then the fastest run. Yeah. And so yeah, you got to put those two together. I mean, I think if if I was to go back ten years ago, I would have definitely rather have been a swimmer and then developed the other two because I think once you have that swim technique as a youth, 
as a kid, uh-huh. you, you can go uh, a long ways with it. And you can yeah. do it once, once your swim fit, that fitness carries over to the running as well. I found so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine trying to learn how to swim fast as an adult. It's got to be so frustrating. Yeah. For it's, people. it's definitely frustrating. <laughs> I was doing sprint swimming ever since I was like nine years old, you know, like all out. So coaches and the whole training and all that stuff. So summer swim, summer swim clubs. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I love it. Um, all right. So let's see, what's your next race? Uh, Galveston next, okay, yeah, next right. weekend, next weekend, man. We're going to yeah, see you I don't there. know when this is, I don't know when this is going live, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. April 10th. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I'm going to try to fit it in there, you know, cause I'll be tapering for the race. So I'll have a little bit of extra time. And, uh, so what do you do to prep for Galveston? Uh, I mean, we kind of taper all price starts since I'm coming in from the UK, it's kind of a forced taper to start on Tuesday since that's my flight. I'm flying in on Tuesday. And, yeah. um, so Tuesday will kind of be obviously probably just an easy run when I get there. And then I'm assuming I haven't even seen my schedule for next week, but me and my coach have been working together for five years now. So I kind of know what to expect. I'm yeah. pretty sure Wednesday will be a, uh, a brick day. And then Thursday we'll probably have a swim with a, a run with some efforts maybe. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind so of the, you, the you do the whole thing where you 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 run very short distances as you're in your taper, but run them kind of fast to keep your legs firing fast. Or yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. I mean, Thursday could it's either normally an optional um, easy run or some intervals in there, and mm-hmm. Friday I normally or th- Wednesday I'll normally have some efforts off the bike. Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of uh, yeah, it's typical race week, I guess. So what I I got a new front wheel, and it's an eight oh eight. And that thing has got me all over the road when it's windy out here in Texas. And, um, and it makes it actually difficult to drink and eat because I'm having to hold on to the handlebars more. Cause you know, we got like 20 mile an hour crosswinds here like all the time. Yeah. Uh, so Galveston, Galveston's going to be like that or worse. Um, I've been almost blown off the road at Galveston, uh, with deep dish stuff and the, uh, and just cause I've raced it a lot. So I've done a bunch of different years. But the uh, what are you what are you gonna ride for your front wheel, and how often uh, do you fuel and and what do you what do you fuel with? Uh, so I use a jet disc and a jet head nine. So oh, you're going deep, man. I've ridden that same setup pretty yeah. much at every race. Yeah, um, it's kind of my go-to setup. I mean, I'm a I'm a little bit bigger at like 165 pounds, so uh-huh. it's a little bit easier to control that front wheel and stuff. And would uh, you ride? Did you ride that nine at um? At Kona, yeah, I re- I've ridden. There was a year that I broke a spoke on my rear nine at Kona, so a buddy uh-huh. had zip eight oh eight. So I've I've ran eight oh eights there. I've ran head nines, and then I've read it ran a nine six combo. I think, or uh-huh. I might have ran head nines. I can't remember what I did in twenty fourteen if it was nines or if it was. Yeah, I think I ran head nines in, in yeah. Kona. So you're running nines at Kona. So that's deep. Yeah. That's deep dish, and you're able to control that. Just fine. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had any problems. I I've raced the bike quite a bit, like actual road racing. So I think yeah. the handling skills have helped from that as well. And yeah, at 165 pounds, I think I'm a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm wondering how side. much of it is me because it's a new new wheel and it's nerves, you know. So this is the Firecrest wheel. Yeah, it's a Firecrest. Yeah, I mean, those are supposed to be those are supposed to act like a an old 404. Yeah, so in terms of <laughs> yeah. that's what I came from. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I've been told. I haven't yeah. read the new stuff. But so. what it's what's funny is it'll it'll wiggle in the wind, but then it, but then it controls itself back. You know what I mean? Like it'll divert off 
it'll skew off to the side and yeah. then it'll pop back um to where it should it's really weird but anyway i gotta decide if i'm gonna figure out how to stay with it so what do you what do you fuel let's say uh morning galveston morning or the days before are you gonna the day before are you gonna do the whole like low fiber thing and pile up on carbs or yeah or i do a bit of carbs i'm not a huge picky eater i kind of eat I, as Callum Millward's called it, I think the I see yeah. it, I eat it diet. So um, <laughs> it's kind of my my yeah. go-to diet. If I see it, I eat it. Um, yeah. And then uh, I'll usually take. I've been using Precision Hydration, which is a hydration company out of the UK. Okay. Um, and they make electrolyte um, effervescent tablets that are um, cool. to your electrolyte sweat rate. Uh-huh. So they do some sweat testing. Um, you can do sweat testing online. It kind of They've built formulas based on people's actual sweat tests and the responses they've taken over the years from their sweat test uh, online. And cool. they also have like a machine sweat test that they do. And so I, I know what my electrolyte loss is, but I'll use their um, fifteen hundred is the is their electrolyte one of their electrolyte products. It's like the higher end of electrolytes. So I'll use that the night before. I'll use one bottle of that, and then on race morning I'll use another fifteen hundred bottle. Mm-hmm. And then during the race I use their thousand. Because that's the thousand is right around what my sweat rate or my sweat electrolyte losses is. Yeah. Uh, is 1, so you 000, drink that so. per hour or something? Uh, yeah, I'll normally have um, one liter of for a half. I'll do one liter of that, and then I also have a uh, my calorie bottle, which is mixed with uh, Hammer Perpetuum, uh-huh. and I'll throw in a gel or two with like two and a half scoops of Hammer Perpetuum. So yeah. it gets me right around. A uh, thousand calories, I think, maybe eight hundred calories for a half over yeah. a two-hour bike. So no, it's probably less. No, sorry, I miscalculated. It's about six hundred calories that I do. Yeah. So. So yeah, so three hundred calories per hour on the bike. Yeah, with, roughly. Yeah, with a mix of Perpetuum's got a little bit of fat and protein in it, I think. Uh, I think it has. Yeah, it may have a little bit of carbs as well. And then oh, it's got it's, a lot of carbs. Yeah. Yeah, it's not heavy on electrolytes though, so that's why I like using yeah. the. The precision is because I can really dial in the electrolyte intake. Yeah. So do you do your perpetuum all in one bottle, or and then sip from yeah. it? Yeah, all in one bottle and just sip sip from it. I try. I and maybe at Gallison, since it'll be hot, I'll stop and get one water bottle. Uh-huh. Maybe, um, just kind of see how the the bike dynamics play out. Okay. And then uh, let's see. And then on the run, you just grab Gatorade uh, on the go, or what? No, typically just the water. And if they have any um, Coke, I'll grab a Coke or. Um, and I'll use a, uh, I use a caffeine product called Firestar Energy, uh-huh. and it's just a, it's like ten calories. So you're controlling the calories, but it gives you anywhere from 120 to 140 milligrams of caffeine. Mm-hmm. So it gives you just a huge boost of caffeine. Yeah, um, that works. And then I'll take like <laughs> yeah one gel maybe. Um, yeah. So I mean it's when looking to only run hopefully an hour twenty. So yeah, it's a little bit less time to have to try to manage the the calories. So you get away with a little bit there. So how do you know if you're overfueling and you need to cut back, and how do you know if you're underfueling and you need to add more? Uh, I think underfueling is easier to detect. Is like you're really feeling like crap and you, uh-huh. you don't have the energy, or if your watts drop, or if you're totally just falling apart on the run. Yeah. Um, and then overfueling, I don't know. I think the I would say the biggest indicator is when your stomach gets upset, uh-huh. um, or if you if you just can't get anything else down, if you aren't hungry if you don't have any taste i don't know yeah i mean that's that's a hard one i guess yeah it, for me I, I tend to overfuel and then uh and then uh then on the run you know can't eat anything 
and then kind of actually bonk because of because yeah it's too full the hardest part is having that taste for stuff when everything you've been eating all day is sweet yeah <laughs> so i think that i think it's a bigger problem in iron man than it is in the half you can kind of get away with it in the half since there's you aren't out there as long and yeah it's not you can take a little it's only sweet stuff over a couple hours compared to the iron man where it can be an all-day affair and yeah yeah i remember when i first started doing halves you know you're talking like man they just seem so huge and then now that I've been doing Ironmans for a long time, a half seems like so like so small and, and easy and fun compared to uh, before. And like you're saying, like like a five day taper <laughs> is it, you know? But the uh, the Ironman is the is the big beast to uh, conquer. Yeah, everything becomes relative, I guess, as as you grow in the sport. Yeah. So uh, what do you for the Ironman? Uh, your nutrition's about the same, or? Oh, I know. I I up the calories on the bike to anywhere from 400 to 500 an hour. Oh my god! Um, wow. Yeah, just trying to get in a lot of fuel. Yeah. Um, and then on the run, just I uh, use some chews, like either Honey Singer chews or some Power Bar chews. Uh-huh. Um, just kind of depends what what I brought to that race. So. Wow. So how do you have your bike set up? Do you? Uh. uh so I. I'm on a Cervelo P5 now, and I have a bottle cage behind the seat, bottle cage between the arms, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's <laughs> I it. Have a, I have a flat kit in my bento box, or like so I have a dark Speedworks box on the top tube. Yeah. Put a tube, a pump, two CO2s, um, CO2 chuck in that, and so my flat kit's tucked right behind the, the bars. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. A pump? Like a hand pump? Yeah, it's a little, uh, I don't remember what brand it is, but yeah, it's maybe five inches long, Yeah, six inches long, so oh, it fits wait. in the dark, it barely fits in the dark Speedworks box, but that's like my backup to the backup. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. the worst worst thing that could happen is I double, or I, I flat, and then my CO2, one of those goes bad, and I use another CO2, and then I flat again. I, I just don't want to be stuck out there. I want to be able to limp yeah. in and ride in on my own, then having to be wait for support all day. Um, what Do you use latex or butyl tubes? Uh, latex tubes, and then I run some orange seal sealant. All right, I want to jump in one last time and give a shout out to Amrita Bars, longtime sponsor of Zentry. Great stuff. I wonder how many I've had today. At least one. I think I had one uh, today after my swim. Oh man, apple cinnamon. It's so good. They have so many different flavors. They have a recovery bar, a maca chocolate. Oh my God, it's the best. Oh, you know what? One thing I really love about Amrita Bars is the wrapper is like uh, it's kind of like a Cliff Bar or a Laura Bar where you can kind of easily open one end of it, and then you can take a bite. You can eat like a third of it, just a bite, and then um, fold the wrapper back over the uh, bar and then put it back in the leg of your cycling shorts and then keep on pedaling. It really works. And then uh, you chew that bite and that'll last you, you know, for a while, for like uh, 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then uh, you pull the the wrapper out of the top of your cycling shorts again, you know, down by your knee. You pull it out, work the bar. I'm doing this with my hand. Can you hear that? Work the bar forward a little bit, take another bite, wrap it back up, put it all into your uh, leg again. And uh, then you have whole bars still in the wrapper behind your back. And just pull them out of your cycling jersey, and um, they're easy to chew. They're not like this dry, powdery stuff where you take a bite, and then when you breathe in, the dust from uh, dry, powdery stuff plus um, the wind coming in your face while you're running or biking, all of a sudden you start choking on it. Ah! 
Oh my god, I think I'm dying. What happened? Oh, I wish I had an Amrita bar instead of this. Oh my god. See, don't do that. Don't choke on stuff while exercising. Chew on Amrita bars. Don't, don't choke. Chew Amrita bars. That's my new tagline. They're going to have to run with that. Okay. <laughs> they also have a club. It is called the Amrita Club, of course. AmritaHealthFoods.com slash product slash Amrita Club. Go check them out. They have all kinds of cool stuff. And also, the discount code for Zentri is, I don't know, is it 20% off? Is it 10% off? You're going to have to go and find out. It could be it could be 100% off. You don't know, but it's not. But anyway, the discount code is ZEN2016. Go to amritabars.com, amritahealthfoods.com, actually, and go check them out and check out all the pictures and all the cool kit and all the great socks and jerseys and neat stuff they have. I love it. You should love it, too. All right. Let's get back to the interview. I, I had a ride a couple years ago where I discovered that you can't pump up a latex with CO2. Have you, have you had that happen? Nope. Never uh, had any issues there. <laughs> yeah. The CO2 molecule is, you know how latex leaks air faster? Yeah. You know, they go flatter in just a few days. They go flat instead of butyl. And if you pump up a latex with CO2, it'll go flat in like just a few minutes because the CO2 huh. actually leaks out through the membrane of the, of the latex. Oh, I never heard that before. Yeah. I carry butyl as my uh, backup too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's why everybody carries butyl as their backup. It, because if if you use a CO two on it, it'll hold it just fine. So I was like, I put in, I had a flat, put in my latex, CO two, and then it went flat all over again. <laughs> I was like, what's going on, man? This sucks. So, all right. So where do you keep your uh, bike computer, and what do you show on it? Uh, I just it's. In between my arms, just right in front of my bottle, uh-huh. I typically have current lap time, um, lap average, power, lap average power, and then three second power. And then I run cadence, like live cadence, and yeah. um, lap heart rate. And then I have it auto lapping every ten k. Okay. So. Yeah, that's almost exactly what I run. And do you find? And then also, yeah, the other thing, uh, how do you get your? I use a zip. I forgot what it's called, but a, a mount for the Garmin to put it in front of the, I have a torpedo water bottle and then I have the Garmin mounted out in front of that so I can see it way up front by my hands. Cause sometimes, yeah, before, mine's more like middle of the forearm or like in between like halfway in the forearm, I guess. Uh-huh. Cause the P5 has the bottle mount built in on those three T bars. Yeah, it does. So it's just in front of that, that I have it with, uh, it's just a normal Garmin mount, I guess. Cool. Do you have an alarm? You have an alarm set to remind you to eat or drink, or you can just go on instinct. No, I mean I try to eat and drink every. I try to eat every thirty minutes, more or less. Yeah. So and then uh, it's set at ten k. So ideally, in a iron or in a half Ironman, I'm riding twenty five miles an hour. So every fifteen yeah. minutes, it goes off. Yeah. Um, so every twenty k, it's time to eat. Um, now, on your big perpetuum bottle that you use, do you have a? Is it clear? And then you mark it. With a no, I just kind of take a big swig and try to get four big swigs and make sure that it's all gone by the time I get to T2. Four big, four swigs? Yeah, it's two hours every 30 minutes and just make sure it's gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about, oh, I think it's a 21, 21 ounce bottle. Yeah, yeah. for half Ironman. Okay. Dang. Yeah, for the Ironman, I kind of milk it out over. <laughs> What's that? That's a big gulp. 
Yeah, I mean, it's normally two gulps or whatever. I just yeah. try to get enough in. That's cool. All right, man. Well, cool. I wish you luck. And uh, have have we covered everything? Am I missing anything? I see. Are you on Team RWB? Yeah, I've uh, well, I was the national tri director for Team RWB for about two and a half years, and then oh, cool. Um, stepped down from that role a couple a month and a half ago, probably, and then. Uh-huh. Um, just still help out. We're doing the Team RWB Tri Camp is in Austin for the fifth year, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the week after Galveston. We'll bring in thirty-two veterans this year. Um, if they if they don't come with anything for triathlon, we give them everything they need, and um, they leave after the camp prepared to go off and conquer a triathlon on their own. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a beginner camp um, for most people, and then we bring in some more experienced people, and we give them the tools to go back and. Um, kind of teach triathlon in their local communities to get more vet- veterans involved in the sport. Yeah. So definitely. it's uh it's been it's been a great experience helping out with that camp. We have great people there from Derek Williamson, which is Kelly Williamson's husband. Uh huh. Um, he leads the camp every year, and then Tio's been there a couple of years. He'll be there again this year. Um, I think Brandon Marsh is going to come out and help this year as well. So oh, nice. It's nice to to see him still giving back to the sport. I mean, it's yeah. been rough two years for him yeah, and Amy, but it's, it's great to have them, them coming out since they're local DOS and it's good to get them involved. Yeah. Um, who else is coming out this year? I think, Oh, Kelly Williamson's going to be there obviously cause she's married to Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just a good time out there. We have a good group of people, um, some great coaches that come out as well. So yeah, it's a good time. Cool. Awesome, man. Anything else? Have I missed anything? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh, journey's not obviously possible without great sponsors and family yeah. and all of that. So my wife and uh, my wife's been a huge support. She's been great, and my family's always kind of sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, my family's always kind of been great support and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, and then I've had some great sponsors along the time, like Clever Training. Uh, I don't know. If, I'm sure, you know who DC Rainmaker is. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. So big Clever time. Training kind of works with him, and then they've been helping me out the past couple of years as well. So that's always been good. Nice. Um, yeah. Firestar Energy. Do you get inter- Do you get uh, Do you get gear from them on a regular basis? Or uh, I get a little bit of stuff here and there, but it's yeah. it's more or less just bringing people's awareness to the company, and they've obviously grown heaps mm-hmm. because of, of Ray, and yeah. I think I've hopefully contributed a small amount to that, but nowhere yeah. near what what he's done for them. So many people are are uh, just I'll read the review of the equipment after Ray reviews it and then I'll decide. His yeah. reviews are incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I bought I bought something through on he's got a discount code. You know, it's like Clever 10 or something like that. I forgot what it is right now. But I just bought something the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I bought it through him through Clever Training because of him. So Yeah. Yeah, we found uh, we're we're expecting our first child in July, and we found something very very similar to Ray. It's called Lucy's List, uh-huh. and so it's uh, it's the equivalent of DC Rainmaker for for babies, and they have reviews of every single thing you'd ever need. They don't so, review babies and tell you which ones are good, kid and which ones are bad. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's <laughs> it's funny because I think Ray's expecting as well, and then uh, uh-huh. popped up the other day. I think Rachel Joyce is expecting. So there's yeah, uh, all that. There's there's a few of us, and I, we were just. I was telling Ray, like, yeah, the the race, the the DC Rainmaker of Babies is Lucy's List. So if yeah. anybody's expecting out there, that's a, s- a site to go check out. Cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's been a, it's been some great companies that helped me out. Firestar's out of the UK, and that's that energy product I was talking telling you about. Yeah. 
Uh, so how, that, how Firestar served? Is it is it like a packet or is it a tablet? Yeah, it's or? just a packet that's uh, it's um, like that. It's like sealed into a packet. And it's just powder form. Uh-huh. You just take it straight powder. It's no Ooh. liquid or nothing with it. So they have a hundred and something grams of, of caffeine. Yeah, it gives you a really good boost. It's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, milligrams. Yeah, milligrams. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just powder based. They have ice mint, cola, and cherry. Yeah. So the ice mint is like I consider it like taking an Altoid. Um, it yeah. clears you out pretty good. So it has that same flavor and effect. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of a cool. It's, I, I like working with startup companies, and they're they're a startup, and yeah, they happen to be too. based out of Oxford. So yeah. Um, and then Spinlisters down out of Southern California. That's that. Mm-hmm. The global bike share company. Yeah. So that's always cool whenever I'm traveling to kind of see if there's any bikes to get around towns that yep. I'm in. Or I've used we list, them too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we list our bikes here in the UK because Oxford's a very bike friendly town. So, yeah. um, and then Kwame's been, Kwame's been really cool to work with over the years. I mean, they're far from a startup, but um, they've started to really believe in the aero technology and they've invested time and money into to putting their suits in the tunnel with. Brian Stover, so that's uh-huh. been cool to watch them develop um, their aero products, and it's it's nice to be in something that I'm confident in that that I yeah. believe is one of the fastest suits out there. So, and then yeah, I was I back on Cervelo. I took a year a year off of riding Cervelo, which was a dumb mistake on my part. But yeah. um, it's nice to be back on a, a P5 and or back on Cervelo, and now it's a P5. So, um, yeah, I already told you about precision hydration and. I have some local, what's been really cool is some local companies back home um, have decided to help me out and um, they just, I guess, believe in what I'm doing and they want to see me succeed. So uh, it, it's definitely a sport that as individual as it is, um, it, it definitely takes a village to to get you through as a pro when you're starting out. So I've been very thankful to companies back home. It's just uh, people that have been in the sport themselves and they have one guy it's called better built trust so it's a trust company that builds trusses for like houses yeah um so obviously not with inside the sport and then the other guy's a insurance guy it's called sean crisp uh insurance so um it's yeah it's great to have people like that behind me and then obviously the the in sport sponsors um with ism saddles and ceramic speed is also cool to work with i mean ceramic speed's doing some oh really yeah cool that's cool you're driving. sponsored by ceramic speed yeah, yeah, they're they're great people, and it's yeah. just when you start paying attention to every detail. I mean, that's the place that you go. And yeah, I'm friends with them too. Yeah. And uh, they sent me uh, pulley derailers, yeah, and a bottom bracket uh, set. And man, dude, it's awesome! I love yeah. it. Yeah, drive change your drivetrain is oh squeaky clean and yes, safe. Dude. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah, I saw the the um, uh, pro- first the total prize purse for Oceanside seventy point three was sixty thousand dollars, which mean and then they said so what first place gets is twelve thousand dollars, right? And and then I thought uh, twelve thousand dollars isn't all that much actually to win an entire half Ironman because by the time you fly out, but let's say you went all in the triathlon, right? How much does that cost? You know, by the time you buy the bike <laughs> and all this equipment, um, and then the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of training, $12,000 is not much of a prize purse. And I thought, this is exactly why that this sport has so many sponsors and needs so many people pitching in to help an athlete to, to win this thing. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, to, take, like, to support. Yeah, it takes yeah. it takes a whole lot of people to make this sport run. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. As you know. Well, congratulations on the baby. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's life changes. Uh July is gonna be a busy month. I'm trying to still trying to do Iron Man UK, which is two weeks after our due date. Yeah. The wife gave me uh the wife gave me the green light on that, so we'll see how yeah. that how that works out. But it's all gonna be dependent on when when the baby arrives, so yeah, that kind of thing you never know. Like it, you, and you don't know how you're gonna feel too. You may feel like it's okay for you to go train and race, or yeah. you may be just so smitten that you may feel like you just can't leave the baby's side. And then there's, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds. Yeah, of little, so that's a big question mark. Uh, there's two two races are big question marks with Staffordshire seventy point threes. I think two and a half weeks before the due date, and yeah, um, yeah. So we'll just play the rest of the year yeah the you year don't you don't even know so you just got to play it by ear and yeah. um, uh, our son came two and a half months early oh wow yeah and so we were at the hospital for a long time ended up he's just fine he's a trap lead <laughs> he's 11 cool. years old and we're going mountain biking this afternoon he's just a machine and uh, cool. so yeah you just never know where things are going to take you with kids they're awesome well cool man well it's been great to have you on and cool, yeah, we'll see you in a couple days in Galveston yeah. then. Yeah, man, I'm super excited. Cool. cool. Thanks, Brett, appreciate it. Yeah, so how was that? All good? Yeah, all good. I appreciate okay. it. I'm pretty sure it recorded. <laughs>
put that in your bamboo flute and smoke it. Holy crap, that's an awesome song, huh? All right. Oh, wow. Okay, that's the Yoshida Brothers with National Anthem. Go support them. Go find it, download it, get it wherever you can. And let's see. Let's talk about uh, Galveston 70.3 a little bit. Thanks a lot, uh, by the way, Brad. And Brad Williams did, let's see, I think he did uh, 4, 11, 4 hours and 11 minutes at Galveston. I think the winner, who won that one, uh, did it in three hours and just around just under three, three hours and 50 minutes, five zero. I mean, that is just crazy fast. Oh, uh, Sanders, Lionel Sanders won it, I think. And then, um, yeah, it took me about, uh, oh, it was five hours and two minutes, which is not my best time at all. But, um, I never, I, I treated it kind of like a, um, almost definite, a hundred percent like a, uh, training day. And I was working with uh, UCAN, the uh, starch, the super starch. And I found that, um, and also I was taking uh, some ashwagandha, which is like a, um, it's an herb that um, mellows you out. And I did tons and tons of research to make sure it's not on the water band list or anything like that. And um, I think it mellowed me out a little bit too much. And I was just like, hey man, let's have fun. <laughs> and uh, not all that uh, excited and uh, like crazy amped to be uh, to like race the hardest that I possibly could. Um, and I think that kind of slowed me down a little bit. And yeah, the, the super starch um, is a little bit, it's like slower or harder to digest and it kind of fills me up a little bit. So I wasn't taking uh, my super fast uh, uh, fuel instead of like maple syrup and stuff like that, or as much of it. And um I had a really good time and was just uh, just cruising along and uh, just trying not to get into any accidents or anything like that because, you know, I broke my arm in the fall or the winter. I wrecked in this thing last year. Oh, by the way, the race conditions for this thing were was awesome. Like, uh, I mean, the road smoothness. They took out the sections of road that were terrible, and um, it is fantastic. I highly recommend this race as far as a nice, uh, smooth, fast race. And... Um, and generally safe. Oh, except that um, a car turned in front of Dark Mark and hit him, or he plowed into it um, because it turned in front of him, and then two other people hit it, and then from what I heard, the car took off, <laughs> and, and then there was another accident or two. But that was crazy, because uh, Mark passed me. I got it looked like Mark passed me, and then I was like... Um, was that Mark? Oh, I don't know. And uh, just keep it under control. Uh, you know, don't go too hard, just kind of, you know, have fun. And, and, uh, the, uh, and then, a a minute, just like really soon, like just moments after that, uh, I saw people laid out in the street from an accident. And, uh, and then I passed by and I was like, I wonder if that was dark Mark. And, uh, and, but I couldn't tell, I don't know, you know, and then, um, and I was like, I'm going to win. <laughs> no, just kidding. But I, I, um, as far as a training day and uh, not trying to bury myself, and having a B race, um, it went really, really well. I think my heart rate, I had level energy. That UCAN stuff really works for just level energy. Um, but is it enough energy to race really, really hard? I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, or maybe I took too much of it. I was doing like one serving per hour kind of thing. And that, that may be like too much. Um, it's not that it's a lot of calories. It's just um, a slow burn. And then, um, and it kind of slows everything down maybe, I guess. But 
um, on the, oh, and I've got, when I got out on the run, I've got an injured foot. And so I, I didn't push it on the run either. And yeah, 502 was, oh, the awesome thing was my swim was uh, exactly the same time that I swim every year. It was uh, almost 30 minutes flat. And that's what I swim that thing almost every year. I've done like a 29, maybe a 28. I've done a 31. The time I PR'd it with a 440, I uh, swam a 31. And that is huge uh, props to swimming with a drag chute to strengthen up my uh, swimming and my weak busted up arm, uh, my broken arm uh, that I can't straighten out all the way. Uh, Try swimming with a bent arm. Like when you insert your arm all the way, it's crazy. And uh, so that's really cool. And uh, on the run, I averaged like an eight something minute mile and uh, jogging along, having a good time and then finished and Kai was there and Emily was there and you're going to hear all that training log. And um, I'm definitely signing up again next year. It's a great uh, beginning of the year race. Uh, For me, it's cool to go down to the beach. I've really got it dialed in. That was the fifth year that I've done that race and I like it. I like it a lot. It's pretty neat. All right. Uh, let's see. We got some emails to read. Uh, let me take a break here for a second and I'll come right back and go eat some dinner. I just got the signal from the, from the, his house. Go eat, go chow down and I'll be right back. Hold on. All right. We are back. I had a little bit of spicy meatball and spaghetti dinner actually filled me up too fast. So I'm going to eat the uh, kale salad after I finish recording this. Woo. Okay. Um, and of course, you know how you have a argument and then you later you go, man, I totally should have said this. Well, uh, over dinner, I was like, oh, I should have said this <laughs> on the, uh, about Galveston. Um, my bike ride was pretty decent. The, um, there's no hills and there's like one tiny hill and the, uh, crosswinds and it's an out and back. And um, usually the thing I, the way I knew something was off was I was, uh, Usually for a race like this, uh, for a half Ironman, my heart rate would be in the one high 140s, low 150s, something like that, maybe 155. And I'd be uh, putting out like 245, 250 watts or something. And the uh, I was only doing like 200 and I think I averaged like 230 watts, 225 or something, maybe watts. Uh, my average heart rate was like 135 and I was just holding back. And decided to just have a semi-fast day. It was weird. And um, I still managed to average, um, I think it was 22.5 miles per hour. <laughs> That's how flat this race is. And uh, and that included stopping at a portacan at mile 40, the mile 40-something aid station, taking a whiz in the portacan for um, uh, a minute. I timed it. I look back on my uh, on the pause, the, uh, the zero miles per hour time during my Strava file to see uh, how long that was. was it like a minute, minute 10, something like that. So uh, anyway, what's cool is they have volunteers at the uh, portacan port- area that will hold your bike for you while you go into the portacan so you don't lay it down. And uh, that was pretty funny. I, I said, no, that's all right. I'm just going to lay it down. Uh, you can hold somebody else's bike if you want. Uh, I don't need it. But then, uh, yeah, so that was the race. And um, let's see, had a, had a nice weekend. All right, let's go ahead and read some emails. And let's see. Kypros in the UK. Oh, that's cool. Says, uh, let me open it up here. Oh, he ordered Hornet Juice. And uh, let's see. If you listen to all the shows, Hornet Juice has been a big sponsor for years. You can get Hornet Juice through uh, through zentrathlon.com on the right-hand side. You scroll down. It's pretty neat. Uh, it's an amino acid mix that helps you 
majorly helps you burn body fat. And oh, and that's the other thing is I didn't take Hornet juice this race. I was all out and I ordered some and it didn't show up in time. <laughs> because it comes all the way from New Zealand. It takes like 10 days to get there. And I realized I was out, ordered it, and I was a week out. And I was like, oh man, it's not going to show up in time. And it didn't. And here's what would have happened if I did. Uh, he says, uh, Kaipro says, the Hornet Juice order arrived on Friday. Hoorah! Uh, wow, just wow. I have used Hornet Juice for the first time in training yesterday and managed an 800 meter interval at speeds I could have only dreamed of. And after 9K, I was able to continue 60-second intervals at a 248 per kilometer and holding new max heart rate achieved of 105% during the second interval. And then the HR monitor stopped working, which was a shame. He probably you probably blew it up, dude. Uh, was a shame as peak speed was during interval five. Dang. Uh, with the next two fastest intervals being the last two, eight and nine. Okay, I'm trying to follow all that. And uh, it would have been interesting to see how what the max HR heart rate was for those. Is the effect psychosomatic? Question mark. A couple of hours later in the pool with real swimmers, parentheses, I couldn't swim one kilometer in an hour a year ago, in parentheses, and complicated or and completed 2.8K in 50 minutes, still feeling Fruity, exclamation point. Wow, just wow. Uh, tonight, I have a long run. I have a long run on hills, so it will be interesting to see how I've recovered from the intervals and swim yesterday. <laughs> Probably be sore as hell, dude. Uh, I'm nearly completed. I've nearly completed my first ever winter training and then into speed work. Need to get the race intervals. Uh, 1,200 meter, 100 meter swim, 1,200 meter. Okay, hmm. Uh, closer to four, okay, 340 pace, uh, the fall record, and it has some other numbers. Uh, this is where the power and speed work with the aid of Hornet juice may help. I completed an overnight heart rate test, which I do once every couple months, and normal average is 45 with lows of 39, but last night was somewhat elevated to low 50, so I'll keep an eye on that whilst I continue with the Hornet juice. Um, yeah, you're probably just amped. Um, I currently use a Polar RX C5, but the battery life seems poor and the HR monitor regularly drops. Oh, that sucks. I have been eyeing uh, up the Ambit 3. That's a good one. But there are a few negative write-ups about the strap falling to bits. You think maybe the heart rate strap or the wrist strap? Any views? Uh, question mark. Yeah, man. Pol uh, not Polar. Uh, Sunto makes the Ambit. Sunto does not mess around with cheap stuff, man. Sunto is high quality. It's like the Rolex of, uh, of training gear. It's beautiful. I was sponsored by them for years and love their equipment, man. It is jewelry and they, oh, man, they don't, they don't mess around with junk. So, uh, no, their straps or anything like that should not fall apart and would not, I would not believe that review, uh, whatsoever. Okay. Um, oh, and the good news was I raced Saturday and won my first ever age group event in the wind, rain, and hail. Southwest Biathlete Masters A with a British record? With a British record. Honest, no BS. Wow. Hey, that's cool, man. There's your Hornet Juice uh, offer there. Uh, so uh, you can get um, Hornet Juice, like I said, a right-hand side of Zentrathlon.com and... Um, what's super cool about Hornet Juice is um, you get it right now in 10 or 20 packs, and um, it lasts an hour and a half per packet, so it's a pretty good deal. 
Um, you use it during like your critical workouts and races, uh, when you're going to do like a long day or anything like that. And, um, uh, I guess you could use it for shorter stuff too. It tastes fine. Um, it is really some amazing stuff. And, uh, oh, the coolest thing about it is it helps you do something for yourself while supporting the show. So you order Hornet juice, I get a few bucks off of every order and that helps uh, pay for all the bandwidth and all this stuff, man, that this coat, this, uh, this, uh, podcast takes up the time. Oh my gosh. The time to bring you all these tips and, and help that I love doing. So, um, yeah, go get yourself some Hornet juice. It's pretty neat. It's made from synthetic Japanese Hornet saliva. No joke. Go Google it. Okay. Um, Steven, who is a PhD at Wake Forest, says... Oh, I messed that up. What did I just click on? All right, here we go. Hi, Brett. Comma. I have been following you on the Zen podcast and on Strava for a while. It looks like your posted Strava time for the Galveston run is not accurate. What was your time? Oh, it was 1.50-something. I already emailed him back, and I fixed the time. Um, I forgot to hit my watch when I finished, so it included, like, walking around <laughs> to the car. <laughs> My run, my average run pace was like a 30 minute mile, you know, because I forgot to turn it off for hours or something. Uh, okay. Uh, congrats on the great finish exclamation point. Well done. I am still finding the way to get enough bike and run time in. So I am jealous of your schedule. I have not found how to balance desire for more workouts versus coaching my kids softball and baseball teams. That's a lot. Um, and getting day job done. It will come through. Hey, there you go. Uh, thank goodness for indoor trainers. Yeah, that's what changed my life, man. Indoor trainers. To get some extra time on the bike when I can and being able to get in some work. First mountain bike race of the season in just a couple of weeks. Woohoo! Exclamation point. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, man. The biggest change for me was deciding I had a trainer. Um, I got in it uh, in a roundabout way. And it was just sitting in my garage. And I, uh, Kai being born... Because I piddled around with triathlons and uh, sucking at them pretty bad <laughs> for a long time. And then um, wondering how people got so good on the bike. And I was going outside and riding uh, and in the weather no matter what. I kind of believed in myself, fancied myself as some kind of like warrior out there. You know, no matter what the conditions, I was riding in it. And, uh, um, and then for whatever reason, oh, Kai being born... And, um, I needed to be at the house. I couldn't go off on long bike rides anymore or even short bike rides. I needed to be at the house to supervise him while Emily went and did stuff. And so I just got on the trainer and pointed it towards the living room where I could see. And, um, and then quickly learned that you have to be okay with getting off the trainer every 10 minutes to, um, you know, help somebody, uh, potty or, uh, you know, find a Lego that they can't find or, um, they've dropped something and made a mess. Right. And, uh, it just goes on and on. Parents know. And, um, and then just get back on the trainer and keep going, just auto pause. <laughs> and, um, all of a sudden I realized that with a trainer, you can, um, you have perfect training conditions because it's like 70 degrees and a fan and you, um, have all the fuel and water that you could ever want. Uh, around you and you can have a two minute hill, a five minute hill, a 30 minute hill, you know, to really uh, improve your uh, hill climbing abilities and just your overall speed. You can work on your cadence. You can do all kinds of stuff and uh, no traffic and you can do it at night when normally you can't ride your bike and it just goes on and on and on and on. So, um, yeah, cool. 
get on the train. Oh, when I started doing that, I was like, what the hell was I doing all this time? Not on a trainer. So weird. Um, more donations sent in. Uh, El, El Senor, Sonier, Sonier, El Sonier, uh, Michael Rodagna, Brett Hoyer, coolest name in triathlon, coolest first name, and Daniel Clemens. Cool. All right. Next podcast, we're going to get into the training log next, but I just want to say next podcast is scheduled. Uh, Chris Haig is going to call in and we're going to talk about uh, Strava and Zwift specifically some more. He's going to ask me, he's done Galveston 70.3, but he's going to ask me about some specifics. So we get somebody else asking me um, stuff instead of me just rambling about what I think people want to hear. I can actually tell people what people want to hear. And Chris is awesome. He's just a great host. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to record that on Tuesday and try to get that show out as quickly as possible. I've got a, I've got a hundred mile bike ride coming up next weekend where I'm going to, um, yeah, it's just, it's a charity bike ride, but there's a hundred mile segment. So I'm going to use that kind of like an Ironman fueling test, try to go a little bit more simple sugar and less complex, less slow and uh, see how things pan out, hopefully. And the trek is uh, coming together. I've got to um, set up financing on it. I can't afford the dang thing right outright. So I got to um, uh, you know, do like a payment plan, get that all set up. And like I said, it's going to have a little tag or shifting on it. So that's pretty cool. It won't be ready for that bike ride yet. It's going to take a few weeks. And I did take my bike in, my BMC in, and we compared the bikes. I posted some pictures on Instagram of uh, the... Um, the comparison between the two, uh, of, and we're trying to match up the fit before I even take off with it. And yeah, that's probably like the coolest, neatest thing that's going on right now. I really dig the storage box on the back, the bolt-ons and the smoothness and the integrated everything. It's really, really cool. Super stoked. And, uh, injury report is, uh, my left arm's doing better all the time. It's not bothering anymore, me anywhere. It seems like I kind of turned a corner on a little bit. Uh, it's still bad, but it's not, uh, terrible anymore. And I'm learning to, it's getting stronger. So I'm learning to kind of cope with it better now that it's better. And my plantar fasciitis is, uh, in my left foot seems to have really calmed down. That barefoot run really helped me fix uh, my form a little bit. And I'm running a Nike freeze right now, which, um, helped me land and run better. And I found a really flat running course and uh, I'm also running on the right side of the road. All those things together seem to allow me to run um, without uh, aggravating it too much. So we'll kind of see, as always, I should say, my next big race, big real race, is uh, Whistler, Ironman Canada and Whistler. Yeah, so, okay, that's all that. Let's go ahead and get into the training log, and at that point, at the end of that, that wraps up the show. All right, here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Funelli. Hi everybody, my name is Brett, I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, it is Friday morning before the race. Galveston 70.3 is what I like to call it. They call it Ironman Texas uh, 70.3. And uh, I don't know. It's always been in Galveston to me. And Austin is the capital of Texas. So Austin 70.3 should be called Ironman Texas in my mind. But I'm not in charge of things. I just do what I'm told. I've been married for years. 
<laughs> All right, so nerves are uh, setting in a little bit, but it's really interesting. Uh, with Zen, you learn uh, the appropriate response. Enlightenment is appropriate response. A little bit of a squirrel moment. I'm driving in the dark, and uh, there's cow pastures to my right. I know they're just sitting there chewing their cud and relaxing. Uh, just keeping an eye out for coyotes. That's all they do. They worry about the right thing at the right time. And that's what we do. Um, let's say, uh, you know, a month ago, I would uh, get worried about Galveston. Like, oh, I wonder what the weather's going to be. Uh, or maybe like uh, two weeks out, right? Uh, Texas, a lot of the Midwest in the United States, you can't predict the weather no matter what. It honestly could be 50 degrees either direction and raining or not, you know, um, because we get big storms that come through and, and stuff. So uh, I would stop myself and say, don't go check the weather and, pre- and try to predict the forecast. You know better than that. Uh, now, there is a time to worry about the weather. Or there would be like, oh, you should check your tires for glass. It's like, uh, before you go do a, a ride or a race, you know, you should pick all the glass out of your tires, make sure you're not going to have a flat. Number one way to not have a flat is prevention, not uh, repairing in the moment. But the, um, it's like, well, now's not the time for that. And with some training, you can uh, realize that, uh, to, well, you don't waste time worrying about stuff that you can't do anything about. Now, the trick is, you don't tell yourself, don't worry about that ever. It's just, don't worry about that right now. And maybe tell yourself, there is a time to worry about that, and it is uh, two days before the race. That kind of helps me wash the uh, slate clean and then get back to what I'm supposed to be doing. So uh, an example would be, yeah, let's. Uh, uh, I've made a to-do list for Galveston, the race. And on that to-do list... I uh, put check the weather on uh, Wednesday before the race. Start getting an eye on the weather. And uh, check the tires for glass uh, two days before the race, the day before the race. Uh, my last bike ride when I finish up, you know, check the tires for glass. And then um, don't worry about it until then. And uh, the mind is really happy if you put things on a list uh, that you know. You have to know where the list is. Uh, that's soothing. And speaking of soothing, I also have some tricks for you with uh, using music. Uh, I listen to Pandora and a lot of people listen to Spotify or whatever. But um, on Pandora, for example, you can make up channels and have all these different kind of audio uh, stuff coming in. I've got heavy heavy metal music channels. Um but one channel I've got is uh, meditation. And see, when music comes in, you can thumbs up or thumbs down it, and it'll play more or less of that artist or that type. And uh, I do not like piano in my rock and roll. So if a song comes up with piano, thumbs down it, and then I uh, move on. It moves on. And it goes, okay, no more piano, right? So then you get this great channel for exactly uh, what you want. And with music, you can kind of shape your mood. And uh, with three, four, five different kinds of um, audio selections, um, I can uh, get my stuff done. 
I can say, oh, I want to listen to a soothing Zen talk. And then I listen to a podcast uh, by a Zen uh, master. And then I'll say, oh, you know, I want to get amped up for my, um, for my uh, workout this morning. Right? And then I'll listen to heavy metal. And then uh, I'll say, the example is this, this morning, I need to think about things. I need to make sure I've got everything uh, together. And uh, for the race, right? It's getting critical. And I've found that this meditation music channel really works. Um, because if it's anything where somebody's talking or, or singing lyrics, well, you start, you get entrained in that. Now, you can't think because you're pulled into their thoughts, right? But if it's music or white noise or something like that that doesn't have any lyrics, then, and it's calm and just kind of low and easy pace, well, that slows you down and creates some margins, some space around you. And then um, with that calmness, it stills the waters. And then with that calmness, uh, you take a moment and not do anything or do something that's just really easy, like uh, that you don't really have to think about, like washing dishes or just driving. Um, Then uh, thoughts of what needs to be done bubbles to the top. And then with those thoughts, you write them down on your list. So I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to leave y'all and uh, the rest of my drive to the pool. I'm going to go back to listening to my, uh, this music has a lot of flute in it, you know, sound of rain. (laughs) And I'm going to let my mind wander. And then as thoughts come up like, oh, bring a headlamp so that uh, you can have your hands free in the dark while setting up your bike and transition area for the race. Uh, I'll be able to capture that thought, have that thought, and then capture it on my list of things to bring, and then uh, go back to doing what I'm doing. All right? Okay. That's it. Meditate. All right, out. Bang. All right, leaving the pool after my little swimmy swim, and I got some fun stuff to tell y'all. One, I feel mellow. Even though I did uh, 10 minutes easy, 20 minutes swimming with the drag chute, 10 minutes easy, 20 minutes swimming with the drag chute, so basically 2 by 20 which is pretty intense, I feel mellow. Really, really mellow. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'll tell you what I ate. First off, probably the most significant thing is I've got these uh, these like brain power capsules that have um, a lot of B12 and B6 in it. I'd have to pull them out somewhere to see what else they have. But, um, and then ashwagandha, which is a natural herb. It's the tiniest bit hard to find, but not really. You can find it in most uh, drugstores, grocery stores. And um, it's just kind of a a plant that makes you feel good. And um, I'd call it like marijuana super light. Not even light, just super light. And um, it just makes you, just makes you feel nice, good. And um, those two things... Uh, half an hour before my swim, I drank a shot of uh, UCAN, which is a very slow-release uh, carb. And uh, when I got up this morning at 4.30, I started making a cup of coffee. And i got to wait on this light. A cup of coffee and then a big spoonful of peanut butter for the fat. My body likes peanut butter. I always have. And uh, when I was a kid... My uh, mom used to make peanut butter with a peanut butter homemade grinder machine, which is really cool, which taught me that peanut butter doesn't need anything in it except for peanuts and salt because that made some damn good peanut butter. 
and you just pour peanuts in the top, some salt, and then, or salted peanuts, and boom, you got peanut butter. All this crap where it's got all this sugar, and just look at Jiffy and hydrogenated oil and all that stuff. Uh, bullshit. And you don't need it. Don't buy that. Uh, I like Laura. Is it Laura Scudder or something like that? Um, is a good brand of peanut butter. Anyway, spoonful of peanut butter, a cup of coffee. Was chilling, relaxing, down by the pool. And uh, just kidding. That's the going back to Cali song, I think. But then after that, let's see. I was just kind of lazing around, surfing, uh, looking at the internet, thinking about what I got to do today. And eventually, yeah, I had my... Um, I had another cup of coffee with a little pat of butter in it. And you know what? I think, honestly, that was about it. I don't think I had anything else. Uh, then I kind of got going and had that, uh, before I got in the car to drive to the pool, I had my um, Ucan and my uh, my Happy Pills. <laughs> and uh, boom, relaxing. Really weird, interesting stuff. And uh, oh, during the swim, I had about a tablespoon of uh, maple syrup. Uh, mixed in with water that's probably 50 calories of simple sugars but it's mixed in with a bottle of water so it's a real slow release and then um, not really all that hungry I got a banana sitting here but I was working on something while swimming and I wanted to share with y'all a swim tip Um, when you're swimming along oh I got out of the pool and there was an old guy named Bruce hello Bruce my name is Bruce and he just out of nowhere goes man you swim nice and i go oh really you too man because i noticed he's a big fat dude but he's his swim technique was great and i was like uh we're swimming in lanes next to each other and uh i said yeah you swim great too i said where did you swim and he said oh i swam for a&m back in and i said what year and he said 79 or something like that and i was like oh cool man um i never swam for a&m i thought about it i talked a little bit about about it to him and then uh it's nice when other people compliment your swim stroke. It makes you feel like you're actually doing something right, maybe. And then uh, when I'm watching, uh, I watch other people swim all the time, you know, and uh, because it's fun comparing yourself to other people. And if they're faster than you, what are they doing? What are they doing? Their technique. That's how you get faster. And it's called aping somebody. You imitate. And. Uh, You'll notice that people that swim, uh, there's a there's a, a swim problem out there that you can work on. Um, if your hands enter the water, and then when you extend your arms out in front of you, if your hands aren't pretty and and forearm and upper arm aren't pretty much level with the water line, maybe a couple inches below it, but pretty much level, then um, then that means that your hands are kind of pointing down towards the pool when your hands enter. If your hands are pointing down at any degree whatsoever and uh, you're trying to move forward, well, that angle of attack creates a huge amount of drag. And it's kind of imperceptible for you to feel because your arm's so long. So it's just a little bit of drag, but along the a little bit along every inch of your arm adds up to a lot. Uh, and it slows you down. It's, it's uh, just not good. Not good at all take a board and push it through the water, you know, uh, pointy in first, and then take that board and push the front end down a little bit and then try to push it through the water and watch what happens. The whole thing comes to a slamming stop and tries to drive down and it's not good. So how do you fix this? Uh, what it is, uh, it's a, it's a flexibility issue in the uh, water and your shoulders 
and what's happening is uh, do swim no matter what with your arms kind of flat with the surface of the water so they don't point down and watch what happens your head will start to pop up because you don't have the flexibility to keep your body flat in the water and your head down but also your arms flat in the water it's a flexibility issue you can tell so you can you can work on it on dry land you can put your arms up over your head straighten them out and then uh, go up to a wall and try to have your nose your chest your junk and your toes all touching the wall all at the same time and your hands did i say that and your elbows right and you'll notice that that's how straight you should be and notice how difficult that actually is um so you can you can kind of do that kind of like leaning planks into the wall you can pull your elbow up behind your head with one arm with the other arm and then pull it i used to see rich roll do that all the time and that builds uh pull it back behind your head and that builds flexibility in your shoulders but another great way to work on it i love working on stuff while you're exercising like integrating it into your um into your training that way it's not like a, a big pain in the ass to go do it and this way you'll do it because you're already training so you're thinking about it is every time you push off the wall either flip tor- turn or regular push and you should be doing flip turns by the way um take your take your one hand and with your other hand your thumb and the meat of your like just behind the joint of your forefinger grab the other side of your your other hand by the same part so kind of like if you make two l's with your thumbs and forefingers and you make them match together make make them meet together um and then kind of with your thumbs grip the other hand with it when you do that you push off the wall keep your hands kind of flat but do that thumb grip on either hand and then try to push your hands out and lock your elbows uh, as much as you can kind of behind your head while pushing your try to push your elbows together and then your hands joined together kind of make them push out in front of you and then keep your head down if you do that when you push off the wall every single flip turn every single turn uh, flip or open while you're pushing off and gliding that's a little stretch right that builds in some flexibility and then you do it again you know you're doing it every uh let's say 20 seconds or so i don't know but uh a little stretch hold on okay back you're doing a little static stretch and over time you're swimming for half an hour to an hour how many it's like a it's also like a, every time you do a flip turn you do a crunch and that works your abs imagine how many uh crunches that you're doing Uh, that swimmers do in an hour workout with every single flip turn they're doing like a sit-up basically and that's why swimmers have these incredible abs they're super strong in their torso because of all these uh they're doing sit-ups every so many seconds they're doing another sit-up and then another sit-up and another sit-up another curl crunch well you do this with your uh, shoulders and your hands and you're working on that flexibility and then eventually after a few weeks you'll be able to push off the wall with your head down, your arms flat and you'll be able to swim with your arms flat uh every stroke entry before your pull, you'll swim with your arms flat in the water and you'll quit quit creating so much drag. And on top of that, I wanted to mention that uh for open water swimming, it's very different than pool swimming and uh because you have to sight every once in a while, right? Well, if you don't practice sighting in the pool, then when you get out in open water, you're going to have a heck of a time you're going to get exhausted popping your head out you're going to be inefficient at it because you don't do it very well because you don't do it very much well there is a cure 
every lap about the middle of the pool, you take a sight, just one, and you make it a habit. Every time you cross the pool, about the middle of the pool, you take a sight. And then after, you know, so many practices of doing that, so many laps of doing that, it becomes so second nature that you're so efficient at it that it might become something that you just do without ever thinking about it. You just take a sight every once in a while. And um, the trick that I've found is you put something or you find something on either end of the pool to sight on, to focus on, right? Because it's one thing to stick your head up and look at nothing and kind of glazed-eyed and kind of dumb. And go, ah. But it's another thing to actually, because you're trying to, in the real world, uh, open water swimming, you're trying to swim towards a target, right? So you have to lift your head up, find something, and then focus on it, and then swim at it. So what I've found in my pool, for example, there's a diving blocks on one end, and then on the other end where there's no diving blocks, I put my uh, water bottle uh, on the edge of the pool. And when I'm swimming across, I, I uh, sight, I look for the water bottle, and then when it comes into focus, I'm done, right? And head back down. And it only takes a millionth of a second. And then uh, the other way, I pop my head up, look for the diving block, see it, focus on it so I recognize it as a diving block, and then head back down. Uh, head down into the water and then uh, keep on swimming. And it's that quick focus and recognition that is uh, really good. And while I'm sitting here in traffic, it's also another skill you can work on uh, while riding your bike is every once in a while, um, focus on a car that's passing you, focus on their license plate and try to read a few numbers or letters on their license plate and then also what uh, model a car it is. So there's a Hyundai, Hyundai and something on the license plate says 78. It's a black Hyundai something 78, right? And um, this is in case uh, you ever get buzzed by a car. Uh, you'll be in the habit of being able to quickly look up and recognize at least something on the car to uh, tell the cops. All right, that's it. I got to go into W to the ERK. Hope those uh, nice barrage of tips helped you out. All right, out, bang. All right, I am hanging out in front of the grocery store still in College Station. Uh, Emily went to go pick up some uh, McDonald's uh, breakfast burritos. <coughs> it's the day before the race, so I'm okay with it. It's got eggs and uh, white flour, so a mix of fat, protein, and carbs. Just went into the grocery store uh, and got pretzels, which are a really good day before the race snack to always be snacking on because they're uh, carbs and um, salt to load up on your sodium. A lot of uh, race day sodium in your bloodstream comes from the day before, so you can kind of stockpile on it a little bit. It helps. And also uh, powdered Gatorade and maple syrup, pure maple syrup. You got to make sure on the back it says pure maple syrup uh, because uh, powdered Gatorade, I mix it with maltodextrin powder and make my own gel to save a ton of money. And then uh, also, and I was running low, and um, you buy the big powdered Gatorade thing and uh, it's just a huge uh, cost savings, huge, huge cost savings. And uh, then, what else do we have? Uh, oh, the maple syrup is kind of an emergency. Oh shoot, I forgot my gel flask. Oh. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> a guy just walked by and threw a big chunk of ice in the parking lot. Got to yell at some young ladies yesterday for breaking a bottle in my street. Just when you think that you got things mostly, the chaos mostly under control, kids down the street are smashing glass bottles uh, in your street and right in front of your house, creating glass shards all over the place. Uh, right as you're about to get on your bike and test ride the uh, 
the uh, the new wheel that you put on the front. <laughs> so I said, hey, ladies, you need to pick that up. Here's a broom. Here's a dustpan. They were like in shock. But I'm like, you're becoming that old man, you know, get out of my yard. And uh, let's see. So on the bike, I'm doing uh, a arrow bottle, you know, like uh, down on the frame, a skinny bottle. Um, and in that, I'm going to have 250 calories per hour. I'm not going to use it all, but I'm just going to have it of um, uh, Gatorade and maltodextrin uh, powder and, uh, you know, already mixed with water, filled up to the top. So I'm going to spend about two and a half hours on the bike. And then behind me on the seat, the, the uh, thing behind the seat, um, I'm going to have a bottle, a clear bottle. Both of these bottles are clear. All my bottles are clear during a race so I can see how much I've taken. So it's not a mystery and I don't overdo it or underdo it. Um, but behind me, I'm going to have uh, can powder, which is the super slow starch and a little bit of amino acid from living fuel. And uh, I'm going to mix that together and sip on that. I'm going to have um, three hours worth. And what's going to happen is, because uh, I'm going to be on the bike two and a half hours, um, I'm going to finish it as I'm in transition area. This is the plan, right? You never know what's actually going to happen. I'm going to finish it in the transition area as I start the run. And then I'll have um, my uh, bottle uh, on the run. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Dang it, my gel flask. I need to look in my swim bag. Oh, no, man. All the bikes are on the back. Well, here we go. Already. <laughs> I haven't even left town, and I've already got a little fiasco going on. But... Um, on that note, there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, the woodlands, uh, them arguing, uh, surrounding towns unhappy with the, uh, the Ironman, Ironman Texas going around because it blocks up traffic and stuff. And I proposed to Ironman, I don't know if they listen, uh, using College Station, the town where I live, for the Ironman. We're a football town, so in the spring, we have just tons and tons of open hotels, uh, nice hotels. Uh, this town doubles in population from uh, 100,000 to 200,000 on football game weekends. So we can handle your little Ironman. Definitely. We have a lake that's 2.4 miles if you swim across and back, which is nice. And uh, around College Station, there's uh, hardly any towns at all. It's all just ranch land and uh, little pockets of trees and rolling terrain. And it's just wonderful. I love cycling out here. And uh, we could have the Ironman here. So if you hear this, and uh, you're getting annoyed with Ironman Texas and all the drama, uh, give a shout to steve at ironman.com about uh, using College Station. We're right in the middle of Houston, Al uh, Dallas, and Austin, uh, in the middle of a triangle, so it's easy to get to by all these triathletes in all these cities. And it's, uh, for Texas, it's kind of an odd little destination race. People love coming here. Um, we hold the statewide... Um, softball tournament every summer or whenever they have it and we have huge uh, swim uh, tournaments conferences district meets whatever they call it state nationals and it just goes on and on and on uh, freeway run, runs right through town so you just hop off and go we got a small airport but we're an hour hour and a half from uh, Houston Bush International Airport so you can uh, fly in there if you want you fly into Austin and then when the race is over go back to Austin and hang out I'm starting to wonder if Emily just left me here at the uh, in front of the grocery store. <laughs> She's going to be pissed when I go, uh, uh, we need to get in the back of the car and see if I have my uh, my uh, gel flask. I'm pretty sure I do. Because when I, when I start the run, let's see. No, do I need a gel flask? No. I do want a water bottle when I start the run to, um, if it's hot, 
running and pouring water over your head is freaking awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And let's see, I got a headlamp for the transition area in the morning and a bike pump, which uh, I should rent. I should charge for it when I'm out there. Got my CO2 cartridges. I've done something crazy, kind of an experiment. I've uh, started lubing my chain with MCT oil, which you can buy at the grocery store. It's kind of like coconut oil. It is coconut oil, but it's refined coconut oil. Um, because I was cleaning my hands of bike grease and coconut oil takes it off. So it's kind of like a solvent and a lube all in one. It's kind of weird. And here she is pulling up. We've got my bike on the back and Kai's old BMX bike on the back. Uh, so let me go ahead and get in the car here. Maybe we can record a little bit. I'm going to cross the street and see if I get run over. What do you want to do? Okay. Let's get in the car and see what's happening. Oh my God, I can't get in. There we go. How was McDonald's? Yeah, what took so long? Recording this? Yeah. Watch out, me. What? I don't want you yelling at me because I go over a bump too fast. <laughs> All right, Kai. How you doing? Good. What's new in Kai's world? Nothing. How's your mountain bike? It's awesome. What do you have? Giant talon. Yeah. Do you I like mountain a biking? A, a 1994 Raleigh. Is that what year no, you think it no is? No suspension. Emily goes mountain bike. Emily's hardcore. She rides her mountain bike with ro look uh, clipless pedals. She pumps her own gas. <laughs> Guy just <laughs> look uh, clipless pedals that you put on with for no whatever pedals. reason. And then and, then she wears pedals. tennis shoes on top of that and mountain bikes with those because it's not worth it to switch out pedals yet. No, it's, it's been worth it. Just just haven't gotten around to are. it. And then Emily's like, whatever. I got no suspension, no paddles, whatever. I just ride. Yep. And then I rode Tracy's, and I was like, oh my gosh. It's what, like, do you remember what she has at all? No. Was it full suspension or just front? It was full suspension. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's those are nice. All right, I'm gonna chow down. Out, bang. Can I have a burrito? All right. It is the night before the race, and we are chilling in the hotel room. It's only like eight. It's eight forty-one at night and uh i've made fuel bottles for tomorrow morning except for i have one with a little bit of protein in it and so i haven't added the water to that you can and some amino acids i think i mentioned that before living fuel and then uh, we're, we've got um big bang theory on the tv so when you're traveling and you're doing something new because traveling has changed the race day has changed you know it's unusual you're somewhere else um you'll notice that it's real soothing to uh have something that's you very normal and that you do daily uh, around you uh, like listening to familiar music or having a familiar TV show uh, on the TV it's very soothing Emily's on the phone with her dad you can hear her talking over there <laughs> our nephew is going to prom and uh, he doesn't have a mom anymore so Emily's kind of the step-in mom sometimes most of the time and uh, She's pretty awesome for doing that kind of stuff. I tease her about it, but it's pretty good. And then, uh, uh, yeah, just making stuff and making a checklist in Google Tasks because you can do subtasks and stuff like that. So I've got a checklist, you know, get up in the morning, what not to forget, and then uh, what time, what not, what not to forget when leaving the hotel room, uh, you know, to get this uh, one bottle of fuel out of the fridge, fill up another bottle of fuel with water, uh, for example, and then... Uh, the uh, other thing is, uh, you know, in, when I when we get there, what not to forget to take the transition area, and uh, 
then also what not to forget to take with me. It's two hours from the time we get to transition area and finish there till my race start. There's three waves of my age group, male 40 to 44. <sighs> so frustrating. And then, uh, what are we I'm trying? It's difficult to talk while Emily's talking on the phone at the same time. But the, uh, the other thing is, oh, I put on my race kit. I got an Amrita race kit that I like. Works pretty nice. And, uh, put on the shorts they're fine put on the top and it smells just slightly like cat piss and so uh not too long ago our cat got into my uh chest of drawers bureau kind of thing armoire and then uh, peed on some of my bike jerseys <laughs> and uh so that's been fun so i rinsed out my jersey and with a body wash some kind of scented body wash and now it's drying so it'll be dry in the morning and also i'm listening to uh a science podcast, or well, a science, technology, uh, critical thinking podcast called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is really cool. It's uh, it's logic and uh, fallacies and science and space travel and uh, uh, agriculture and feeding the world and, and uh, debunking bad theories. It's really cool. Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Uh, definitely recommend it. And also meditation channel, which I've mentioned before. And uh, took a little bit of melatonin. And uh, this will be the first race where I've mixed in some ashwagandha with the um, with the fuel. Uh, make a bottle for the bike, um, and uh, put the ashwagandha in there. I've done it in training, and it seems to just be a just put you in a nice mood. So uh, when things go wrong, which over half Ironmans is when you get to the distance of pretty much something's going to go wrong. <laughs> Iron Man, it's guaranteed to one or several things go wrong. But uh, half Iron Man, probably one thing's going to go wrong. And this makes you not freak out about that kind of stuff. Hopefully. We'll see. And uh, it's really cool being back to the same race course. As uh, Emily said, I've done it five times before. This will be my fifth time to do this race. I cannot believe... That's crazy, man. My fifth time. Well, it's uh, really windy outside. So I'm glad I'm using Kai's front wheel so far. We'll see if that's one of the things that goes wrong tomorrow. <laughs> Spoke breaks off or something like that. They're the uh, budget uh, Chinese OEM wheels you get from uh, China that are exactly the same as all the other ones. They just don't have much of a warranty and don't have much testing. So, But they're carbon rim all the way. A little bit wider than the older rims, so they're like 23 or 24 millimeters wide. So they're real aero, nice. They're 50 millimeters deep. Um, so they're almost exactly the same as a 404. And uh, I think that's it. So I'm going to step off the mic here and wrap up anything else. Uh, morning breakfast on tap. Did you get waffles, Bay? Is uh, Ezekiel cereal, waffles, coconut milk for lots of fat. And um, while well, I wait, Amrita bars. Um, might have a cliff bar if things go wonky. And then... Uh, Half an hour before the start, a serving of you can for a nice slow burn uh, carb. And um, oh, we got where'd you put the scrambled eggs, babe? Okay, so uh, this is Saturday. The race is Sunday. This morning, Saturday, made extra scrambled eggs and um, zip put them in a Ziploc, and they're in the hotel fridge. And I'm uh, want to get up, snack on those for some protein and, and fat to last until race start. Pretty smart. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Though you never know. Um, Weather is supposed to be pretty nice, although windy of sorts. So, all right. Good night, baby.
<laughs> Good night, Kai. He's out. All right. Oh, we ate it. Tor tortugas and I got spinach uh, enchiladas. And so the cheese and the rice and beans and uh, tortillas and the cooked spinach. It's real. Just all around good stuff. All right. That's it. Out. Bang. All right, I'm here at Top Secret Access at the Pro Rack with Antoine Desrochet. De yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you go out and ride uh, in the past couple days? Yeah, I arrived on uh, Thursday, yeah. and I ride on uh, Friday. Friday, that was like, the wind was super different than uh, on Saturday. Yeah. On Friday, there was tailwind and uh, front wind, yeah. and now it's uh, crosswind. Oh, it'll change every day around. Yeah, yeah. which just makes it faster, though. Yeah. It's just more intense. You always need to be tuck in your position, but it makes it faster, so it's nice. Yeah. yeah cool. So, so how are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bike, man. Yeah, I really like it. I like the color too, like flash green and. Yeah, I saw uh, Pedro Gomez before the race, and he was in the lead, I think, last year or the year before, when they went off course on the run. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So the run's really complicated. So. Yeah, I see. Just those remember that. Turns, yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Did you get to listen to your show on the? on the podcast uh no i listen a little bit but uh, it's kind of hard to listen to your own voice especially yeah. when i see i hear my english accent i'm like oh yeah. i speak like like shit so i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't listen to my own shows yeah <laughs> i listen to the first i don't know if i go big enough to listen to my own voice so when i listen to it i kind of hop around and skip to make yeah, sure yeah. that the editing worked right and then i'm out yeah, yeah. well cool well, good luck man you too Right, cool. So are you going uh, Discworld too? All right, I'm recording in in secret because I don't want to, people to think I'm weird. They're gonna think I'm weird anyway. Anyway, we uh, pulled up this morning, and uh, guy pulled up next to us, and we started talking. And it's pretty early, uh, 5:30 or something like that, 5:15. And uh, he asked if I could if he could borrow his uh, if he could borrow my bike pump, and I said yeah. Then I saw his race number; it was either six or nine. It's hard to tell. And uh, real top end bike. And uh, I said, hey, are you a pro? And he said, yeah. I go, oh, what's your name? And, and then I looked at his bike, and it has his name painted on his bike. <laughs> and I'm like, it says Pedro Gomez. And I was like, oh, holy cow, you're Pedro Gomez. <clears throat> and uh, <coughs> he told me he was uh, one of the guys last year that um, went off course on the run. And I think he was winning, maybe until uh, he went off course on the run so he borrowed my bike pump and we chatted for a little bit that was cool and i saw bastion in the uh, transition area and i saw antoine which you're either heard or going to hear and the other crazy thing is i woke up at like 2:45 this morning and was like holy crap i haven't shaved my legs for this race and uh, hairy legs actually make a big difference in drag on the bike so i shaved my legs at uh, 3 a.m this morning between 3 and 3:30 this morning in the bathtub I'll tell you more about it later. All right, it's after the race. It was awesome. I felt great the entire time. Emily, Zentri Nurse, sorry, I gave away your code name, is uh, looking at results on her iPhone. Uh-huh. So, While you and Kai are laying yeah, Kai, concrete slab. Kai rode his BMX bike down like three flights of stairs, and Zentri Nurse videoed it, which totally... No helmet. No helmet, which means if he ends up in the hospital, it's all your fault. Ideas. Um, here, read the results. Uh, what's this? So, 
So What's his face? Lionel Sanders. Lionel Sanders got first. With what time? Oh, I don't have that all. Oh, oh my gosh. To go to each person. Okay, never mind. He got first with a 340. Okay, that's 30 overall. That's well, Three, Oh, a 340. Okay. Yeah. And then Andreas Dreitz. Dreitz. Dreitz got second. I don't know. Michael Weiss got third. Starkowitz got fourth. Um, Mauricio Mendez Cruz got fifth. You want me to keep going? Where's the girls? Girls races, girls races next week. You're not, you're not funny. <laughs> I like messing with Emily. How you doing, dude? Good. Did you have fun? You were so cool on your bike. I know, right? <laughs> Great. So I was, I'd, I'd be running. I'd hear this little blonde kid go, Dad, Dad, and then he'd pedal by me. Did you hear me yell at him to give me his bike? No. Yeah. I go, I, I go, give me your bike. You're my son. <laughs> give me back my son. And, uh. People around us laughed. They were like, ah, oh, that's so funny. So here's the, the overall female winner was Sarah Haskins. Oh, yeah. She's 412. Yeah. yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, I've heard of her a lot. I don't know what she looks like, though. And I forgot. Jenny, Jeannie Seymour, and uh-huh. then Jody Robertson, uh, Laura Phillip, and I'm not, Liz Lyles, I think, was fifth. So tell me the story again about the yeah. the pro that was in the tent and they wouldn't let her race anymore oh, or something. We were, she was we were screaming waiting. when they straightened out her leg. So kind of we're waiting for you to come out on the swim and we had run over to the porticans and the medical tent was right there and this girl and with blonde hair and a blue race kit had walked over there somehow. A pro. And, yeah, pro. And she she was they were telling her, well, we're not. She said, you're not. Are you telling me I can't finish? And they were like, well, we're not telling you. you. You paid for this. You can do whatever you want, but we need to check you out. And so then when they laid her on the table, though, she they were trying to straighten out her left leg, Kai. Is that what it was? And she was like, ah. Oh! And she was, like, screaming and crying. So we walked off to give her some privacy. <laughs> but I have a feeling she did not con- continue. It sounded like she but there was a, something. She did continue. I think I she did. Her. Yeah, she probably she did. Yeah, she continued I, th- the I saw somebody that resembles the agony that you're talking about that was a pro 3,000 people out here and and, yeah she was I passed her and then she passed me back or something I don't know the person we saw on the table did not look like they could continue so I did my swim almost the exact same time as last year even with my broken arm so I'm excited about that and you said it hurt when you hit people with your arm yeah every once in a while make contact with somebody and it hurt my elbow yeah so you did the swim in 3047 and you got 13th in your age group on the swim and then the bike was um 231.33 and you averaged 22.17 miles per hour and you got 24th in your age group and then on the run only 0.17 miles per hour yeah that's it jesus and then on the run you did it in 153.56 and you averaged an 841 minute mile and you got 35th in your age group so overall you're in 35th position out of what oh what i moved down a spot since the last time you checked out of what and you finished in 502 overall we don't know how many people um yeah my left foot the running injury I've got hurt a lot so I was it's it's cheesy to say I was holding back but I actually kind of was but I was still going 95% of what I could but I was experimenting with my new fuel that you can stuff and how I felt and oh my gosh oh the ashwagandha and the you can like I was so happy just like running along felt great I did, this has been one of the most fun races I've ever done because everything worked great and the um, on the bike, the crosswinds were freaking crazy. And so I had borrowed Kai's wheel, and it was super stable. And I could eat and drink all I wanted to. 
without having to hold on for my life. And I saw several people that had wrecked bad with ambulances and stuff, which I, I bet a million bucks were. Wait, um, was there one guy that had cuts on his face? face? Probably. I saw. I that. mean, they were like laying down on the pavement, and people with stretchers like coming to pick them up, and cops and yeah, ambulance crew and uh, um, support crew. Yeah, paramedics, I guess. And uh, they uh, and one guy wrecked. I think it happened right after he passed me. He went by me really fast. And it was real twitchy, you know. But yeah, so like I hardly ever got passed on. I can't believe, I can't believe I only got thirty fourth because like, uh, like, like three people passed me on the bike. It felt like, you know, it's crazy. And then uh, on the run, like another three, and on the swim. Um, I felt like I was at the front of my wave. Yeah, and we so, thought you were like fourth. Yeah, but it's because it's three different waves. Oh, was it? Yeah, at this race because it's so big. So how many people did it say were in my age group? Did you ever look? I can't figure it out. It's hundreds, like yeah. 300. You're on the leaderboard, though. Leaderboard's top 100 in your age group. Oh, that's hot. Like that. On the leaderboard. How'd I look with my cool tattoo? Really cool. People were afraid of the tiger, I'm sure. You look cool with your nose ring. Yes. Does this qualify to go to an Ironman? This... No. Oh, because I was going to say if you qualified for Kona or not. So. To go to work. Mm. Well, what did we wait here for? I'd have to go a little bit faster, and I'd have to go twice as far. If we were going to, like... Because I'd have to do about a nine-and-a-half-hour Ironman to qualify for Kona. And I did a 5.05, so if you double that, that's a 10.10. A 5.02, so that's a 10.04. But I was just cruising along. I did an 8.02. Fun. Like, 8.02. Uh, that's not why is You're that so funny? cute, baby. Why is that funny? It's not. It's not funny. But anyway, I was like, I was kind of testing like my run pace. Like, how long could I, you know? Like, I know there was a football player. Who was that guy that looked just like Kai on TV? Um, yeah, to put it on baseball. But anyway, I was just kind of feeling out. Like, could I run? Like, I was thinking a lot. Like, could I run this pace for an Ironman marathon? And it was like a nine-minute mile, eight. What was it, eight forty? Yeah, if you could have held that. Oh man, I was just jogging along, just like having a good old time. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, the you can't feel there's works no, good. No falling down on no, chains. No uh, lightheadedness, no puking. Yeah, no falling down and crashing into things. Uh, for me, a very average performance, but in general, like very good. Like I mm-hmm. like it. Uh, so we need to go get our bike and load up, then we can go back to yeah. College Station. Are you? I know what people said they were going to do yesterday, but I guess we'll see what happens. You want to go to the beach? Yeah. Some people said they were going to ride rides with me on the pleasure picture. What am I going to do? I got nowhere to go. I never said I was doing. Am I going to hang out at the? You just spit on me. Am I going to? Am I going to hang out at the parking lot of Academy? Put you in one of those swings at the pleasure pier and swing you over the water. Oh Jesus, no. No, there's a surf it's shop. A I could probably drink, get drunk, and Who then just hang so? out at a surf shop. Yeah. We'll All right, out. that's it. Thank you, baby. Thank wow. you. You're welcome. We had fun for uh, taking care of me. Thank you, Kai. So. Say you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. God, Kai is just too cool for anybody's business. <laughs> Are you like extreme cyclist now? Yeah. Oh my God. All right, out. This is Kai Blankner. This is Kai Blankner. He's pretty badass. <laughs> Look at him. He's so nasty. Look at him. He's amazing. Look at him. He's amazing. And his steel blue eyes. All right. I'm back. Let's have a quick wrap up and, uh, yeah, finish up the show. I thought I would do um, what I did to recover and how I felt 
after the race. It's the morning after. Uh, stopped by Whataburger, as you've heard. Saw Dark Mark in the drive-thru, and he was okay on the way home. And I should mention that uh, on the way to the race, um, I got a foot-long Subway sandwich, tuna with some veggies and stuff, uh, the, yeah, the day before the race, and then had that available so that while I'm doing the check-in and stuff like that, that I wasn't ever hungry, which is a big mistake to make um, the day before races to get hungry because you're waiting and you can't go eat because you're in line at places. So anyway, um, on the way home, uh, eating and, uh, got a, got a six pack of IPA by Shiner Bach. They're making an, an IPA now. Drank two of them last night, then started getting thirsty. And since then I've been upping the water, finally had a cup of coffee last night and promptly went to sleep. <laughs> Um, Emily is so awesome. She uh, puts away a lot of my stuff. And uh, I know I'm ragging on her half time because half time I can't find it. But then it's also cool to finish up a race and then have most of your stuff uh, put away, which is pretty nice. Oh, man, I got a low tire pressure sign on my car. Um, and let's see. I uh, oh, We watched the uh, Star Wars DVD a little bit last night. I watched uh, 20 minutes of it or so, maybe half an hour. Maybe a little bit more. And then uh, got sleepy and my contacts were getting dried out. So I uh, cashed it in and went to bed. Got a little bit of coaching done last night. And then, uh, what was the final thing? Woke up uh, this morning. Oh, I slept with my plantar fasciitis boot on my left foot. Um, after the race, my foot hurt a lot. Uh, both feet, but mostly my left foot. And uh, so I'm glad I, I didn't run all out um, until the very end. Um, I was laying flat on this concrete slab uh, that was kind of waist high and trying to get off of it or trying to lift my leg or something like that. That's when I finally had a, uh, a, a cramp in my leg just for a moment. But that was it. That's it. Oh, man. Salt stick. Way to, way to work, man. All right, I got a school zone here. I need to get off the phone. Hold on. All right, so I uh, got up this morning and my feet barely hurt at all. So the plantar fasciitis injury is going along pretty good. Left arm hurts the same as always, which is, uh, you know, on a pain scale, like a three out of 10. But, you know, every day it drops by like one-tenth of a percent <laughs> of feeling towards better. So I'm all good with that. Um, not very hungry. Um, uh, just drinking water to try to rehydrate. I'm going in to get uh, the rest of my uh, sleeve tattoo thing done this afternoon, hopefully. Uh, so after that, no swimming for two weeks. You don't swim after you get a tattoo or else uh, you could get a, an infection. I've promised Emily I wouldn't run for two weeks uh, to let my feet heal the rest of the plantar fasciitis. I might do that. I've got a bike race, a 100-mile bike ride race, kind of charity ride, so it's kind of a race uh, coming up. Uh, either this weekend or next. I think this weekend we're going camping with Kai. Go uh, do Boy Scout stuff. The bike shop called, and my Trek Speed Concept is in uh, the shop, and they want me to bring in my bike to uh, get it worked on. Um, oh, to match the fit as much as possible. And um, I've been writing down notes, all the stuff where I do my review. Like, I couldn't sleep. Uh, very, I'm so used to getting up at 4.30, you know. So I couldn't sleep very well. 
uh, started around 4.30. So I got up and made notes from the race as I think of things. Uh, because we've got Ironman Canada and possibly Uberman coming up. So I need to be on my game for those two. Uh, so I need to make notes because, which is good, right? Right after a race, start making notes. And I used Todoist, and you can make projects in Todoist. And I've got a project for both of those races. And a project for this race where I can make notes and put them in there. And uh, I'm using Workflowy.com as my place to make all my notes. And hold on, I'm adjusting windshield wipers. It's kind of raining a little bit here. And that way you can bullet out lists. Trying to figure out uh, a little bit about the fueling situation because like I said, I felt great, but I did not feel fast. I felt like I was running on diesel power, not not racing gas, not jet fuel. And um, I was missing the top end speed just a little bit. So is it too much you can, which is super slow burning and not enough of the fast burning? Uh, you know, just kind of got to work on that. And uh, I got to try stuff out in training. This 100 mile bike ride coming up would be a good place to do that. And uh, overall, I'm super happy that I had so much fun in a uh, race. And uh, it was just cruising along. I was, I was sitting there running and going, man, if I could run like this in races for the rest of my life, um, I'd die a happy man. I mean, I was genuinely having a really good time just cruising. And uh, I mean, the injury in my foot, my left foot hurt. And that kind of sucked. But otherwise, I had stuff really well figured out. And I was just cruising along, going, this is what racing is supposed to feel like. Like this. Um, if I was only just a little bit faster. Which I think has to do with the weight thing, with the 15 pounds or so. But um, I'm also not tired all the time because I'm not uh, 15 pounds lighter trying to not eat. <laughs> so I think there's kind of a balance. I don't know. But uh, I think that's it. Uh, I think next with my uh, diet and training, I'm going to work on... Uh, I'm really happy with uh, adding in more fat in my diet. A lot more calories. So it's not... I don't know if it's like full fat all the time. It's just more like not being afraid of fat, um, which takes a while to break yourself of that habit. Um, and then the 15 pound comes from learning to uh, stop eating when you're... Uh, full and kind of backing off a little bit more and trusting the fat will uh, fill you up for longer. Uh, and then also, uh, I think uh, I need to be eating more fruit for the fiber. I like bananas and apples a lot and peanut butter. I love that stuff. And I think adding those more into my diet be pretty good and just veggies uh, for vitamins and to taste because, uh, man, I'm a big fan of, of apples and bananas. Love them. Love them, love them, love them. Apples are just like, it's like eating a baseball, if you think about it. If you threw an apple at somebody as hard as you could and you hit them in the head, you'd be like, oh my God. And so imagine all that fiber in your um, in your gut, <laughs> how it slows the sugar down. And then I might experiment a little bit with um, putting coconut milk in my, uh, in my training fuel and seeing if that fat um, makes the... Uh, makes my stomach hurt or not because it is an extra source of calories and uh it's really healthy so we'll see all right 
That's all I got right now. I want everybody to stay safe out there, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down, out. Hey y'all, I'm out running very gently. I'll tell you how in just a second, but it's a, uh, what is it? Thursday morning after Galveston on, was on a Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's like three or four days total rest. Started getting antsy. I asked on the, uh, we got a Zentri group on Strava, Zentri Ninjas. <laughs> it's a group, go check them out. Go join, man. We want you there. Anyway, and uh, I asked, you know, how long do you recover after a race? And it totally depends on your, I wouldn't even say fitness level, like your toughness level. And not like, not like an ego thing, but like, you know, how much time do you spend on your feet? How sore are you? You know, if you're waking up in the morning and still trying to catch your breath a little bit, heart rate's a little elevated, then your aerobic system is banged up.com. And if you, uh, it's dark out, you can hear the birds. If you, um, if your legs are still sore, you're not gonna really give them any benefit. You know, you're not helping them. So, yeah, your legs aren't sore, you're well rested, you know, you've caught up on calories and your weight and your hydration. Yeah, you can start working out again. Of course, that's highly individualized, you know. If it's your first ever <laughs> triathlon or your first marathon or ultra marathon, you're gonna be banged up for a long time that's okay it takes a few to toughen up that's the goal anyway so you can't get to the end without going the course so i was jogging kind of run walking i need to take it really easy because i've got a heel spur and i used to run barefoot all the time and one of the reasons i stopped was um and i'm talking like you know leave the house no shoes go run six miles barefoot and then uh one of the reasons I stopped is they repaved my streets and it was a good mile or so to a smooth sidewalk and the new street was just this rough asphalt. It was pretty miserable. So I just kind of got away from doing it. That's okay. But I'm running. We moved houses. We same neighborhood. Kind of upgraded our house a little bit a year ago and uh, give Kai some more room because he's getting bigger and, uh, and got a training cave <laughs> over the garage. Which I love. And uh, what time is it? I need to be careful all the time. Okay, I've been going 45 minutes. And we were, uh, I was running this morning and I'm running super slow so I don't bang on my heel. I'm not taking the dog so he doesn't drag me so I don't bang my heel I'm trying to, uh, you know, slow myself down. 
a halting motion of a mutant dog, 90, 80, I don't know what he weighs now, 80, 90 pound dog dragging you. There's a garbage truck. And uh, I'm running and I realize all these streets around my house are, are concrete. They're not the smoothest because they're new and they didn't polish them, you know. Traffic over time will wear down the texture just a little bit. But they're smoothish concrete, better than asphalt. And uh, I mean, like everywhere. And I was like, hmm. So about 10 minutes into my run this morning, I uh, let's turn this way. Took off my shoes. I went back to the house. Took off my shoes. Had about 10 minutes in, maybe, and started running barefoot. And the revelation of why you run barefoot I wanted to share with everybody is the very first thing I noticed in like two steps is how I'm twisting my foot to push off all over the place and I'm contorting it uh, to protect it but I think that that's actually contributing you know like if you limp on one side you you're actually accelerating the force on the other it ain't good and So within like, I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds, I smoothed out my stride to land mid forefoot, quit twisting and relax. And quit doing all this contortion stuff. And oh my gosh, it feels so good. So now I'm running. I've been going 47 minutes total, running barefoot. There's still slight remnants of, um, of all this, but uh, of all the bad stuff, because that takes a while to work out of your form, kind of a limp. And, uh, but the beautiful thing is I can totally tell if I'm slamming my heel into the ground and I can stop immediately. When Jesse Stinsland was on a couple shows ago, that pro perception of feeling, the, with no shoes on, the bad stuff hurts. So you quit doing it, and all you're left is with the good stuff. Now, you go a lot slower, so you just don't look at your pace and enjoy being in the barefoot zone. The pace will pick up over time, and honestly, the first time you do it, you should do it a few minutes and carry your shoes with you, and then put your shoes back on. And then next time you go run, you do a little bit longer, then put your shoes back on. Don't give a fuck what other people think or else you'll never get anything done in triathlon is my saying. That you can live by. It just now, I got too relaxed and was kind of leaning back because it's a little slight downhill and started banging my heels into the ground. It's like, nope, don't do that. And, oh man, the greatest thing about running barefoot is once you get down to where you can do an entire run barefoot or you just get comfortable, you know. You can take your shoes with you. Or flip-flops that you don't mind running in a little bit to get you where you want to go at first. Is uh, the textures. You know, you run across a puddle of water. Oh, it cools your feet. A little bit of mud. There's this old Indian guy walking. And here I come jogging. No shoes on, no shirt. Big old tattoo. Like a flying dragon on my shoulder. A crashing tidal wave. And he has this walking stick and he kind of holds it near him like like a wizard like he's gonna strike me down like i'm a demon or something or an angel you never know what's going on in somebody's head they could perceive you as good ah, this is nice ah, emily said no running she didn't say don't run barefoot but honestly i'm only doing probably a 12 or 13 minute mile because if i push off that's the thing 
when you're starting off, you're so used to going a certain speed and so used to pushing off because you have all that protection on the bottom of your feet. Don't do that. It's almost like a soft dance. Okay, we need to turn around. Just a gentle, soft dance. Very much like zone one, 1 1.5. And learn if you relax enough and the pavement's smooth enough, you won't need, um, your feet won't hurt. But it takes practice. And I mean, I used to run barefoot so much, I can fall back into it. It's like riding a bicycle. I can fall back into the form. So just because I'm doing like 30 something minutes, that's not, it's not fair. You can do, like I said, go until it hurts. Put your shoes back on and then finish the rest of your run. And the next time, the rest of the, the rest of your day, you'll be dreaming about it. You're like, wow, that was so cool. You'll feel it in your feet, the tingle. And when you step on a rock, I just stepped on a rock with my heel. You learn to give with your entire leg so it cushions it. It's a timing thing that you pick up, that you learn to practice. See, it didn't even phase me. It kind of hurt like a little pinch. And then a couple more steps, the rock. Little bunny rabbit. It's not a, an attack. Vampire rabbit. The rock like uh, kind of rolls off. And it's worth it to stop, drag your foot on the pavement for a second. It takes half a second. Knock the whatever it is off your foot and then uh, go back running again. But the textures and the, like I took a right turn down the street that we're on right now to explore it, to see what it would feel like. You know what I mean? That's cool. That's what barefoot running brings back to you. Oh, this is nice, huh people? I think maybe I should put these on uh, Patreon. Was there anything else? Yeah, recovery from the race. Weigh yourself. Get back to kind of where you were. That's how you know you're rehydrated. Since I'm talking, I need to remember to drink. So today, I'm using two tablespoons of maple syrup mixed in with about two-thirds of a liter of water. I've got two flasks. I got the maple syrup mixed water on one side and the clean water on the other, unadulterated. So what I do is I take a sip of the maple one and that gets your fuel and it's watered down so it's not too strong for your stomach. But now you got sugar all over your teeth. You're clipping. Watch that clipping. That's me clipping in the one flask. I got an amphipod uh, running belt with two 10 ounce, 10.5 ounce uh, flasks. And then switch over to the other side, pop it out. Listen. And then take a sip of clean water and it rinses all the sugar out of your mouth to protect your teeth. That's why you keep your fuel, one of the many reasons to keep your fuel separate from your water. Because you can rinse your mouth out. I know I had something else I wanted to talk about. Just listen to the birds for a minute. I'll, be right. I'll remember it. I'm in no rush. Oh, I know it was. When I woke up, a cup of coffee uh, with coconut milk in it. I forgot the brand, you know, like, I don't know, Silk or Soy Dreams. I don't know where the crap is. But anyway, you get coconut milk with no sugar added. I guess you get sugar added if you want. I'm not your mommy. But preferably, no sugar added. That stuff is 90% fat. I make myself a cup of coffee in the Keurig, and I, I like my coffee plain without any sugar. I've learned to do that over the years. And then, uh, but I do add, I run through some sprinklers. I'm gonna run on some wet pavement on my bare feet. Ooh, oh, that's, that's chilly. Feels good. It's about 65 degrees humid. The sun's just starting to lighten up the sky. Running on a huge sidewalk, really wide. Anyway, um, so the uh, coconut milk out of the fridge, it's cold-ish, it's pretty cold. 
almost as cold as an ice cube. It's probably like 35, 36 degrees. And then uh, you pour a little squirt of that into uh, into your coffee. You know, maybe like a tablespoon or something. I don't know. And then uh, I don't measure it. And it cools your coffee down just the tiniest bit. And then what else does it do? Oh, you start drinking it, and that fat tells your body, hey, let's burn some fat today. So then you go into your workout, um, kind of in a fat burning mode. And then once you start working out, this is what all the scientists say, once you start working out, the moment you start working out, your body is like, quit using insulin, don't spike insulin for whatever reason. Um, So you can actually start eating fuel and your muscles apparently take up the sugar out of your bloodstream themselves without the use of insulin, right? And so you're running along, ooh, a whole lot of water. Oh, that's gonna be nice. A whole lot of water. Oh, what did I say? No, you, um, you're running, like for example, or biking or something. And you can take on fuel. Now you're training your muscles to take sugar out of the bloodstream. You're not using, you're not spiking your insulin. So you're not working on the whole diabetes, making the whole diabetes situation worse. And you're having a good workout. Seems pretty smart, eh? Anyway, I'm gonna get back to the house, to the hizzle. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. I know I'm gonna be buzzing from running barefoot. Let me see if I have any blisters. Any? <laughs> There's bloody footprints behind me or something. No, I look good. No. There's a uh, misinformation out there that if you run barefoot, you get big callous feet. It's not true. Your feet end up being soft and smooth. It's really weird. Here's some more. Oh, so I, um, one tablespoon of maple syrup, which is kind of a medium acting sugar, and it mixes well, and it's not sticky. Once you get it wet, it rinses right off, unlike Gatorade or something like that. Um, One tablespoon of maple syrup is like 50 or 55 calories. So what is that? Like uh, uh, 14, 13 grams of glucose. Anyway, it's not much. So it depends on how big you are. But uh, today I tried like one and a half. And what I did was when I started walking out the door, I took a sip of the fuely water and then a sip of the um, uh, clean water to rinse off my teeth because it takes a few minutes for your fuel to start working and then started jogging. It was nice. I've been having a nice run. So you can tell I'm in a good mood. It's all good. So, hope you enjoyed the little audio clip. I might start doing this more. That's a little easy run. Once it starts getting really hot here, see, it's kind of a cool morning. I end up sweating all over my phone and I can't record. So, we'll see. We will see. All right. Out. Bang.